I, I am absolutely and utterly a believer in hard work. I'm a proponent of hard work. I have all this money and all I do is work. My entire life is work. This podcast is work. I'm getting the car and going to another meeting. Work. I'm going to fuck a bitch. That's work. People who are in charge of the world don't care about anyone but themselves. They don't care about you whether you're gay or straight. They're not interested. What they're interested in doing is controlling the minds of people and affecting the way people operate in a way which is beneficial to them. I don't want to get too political on this podcast and say what they're really doing because the video will get taken down. Once you get to a certain level of incomes and wealth, everything becomes free. And that's what I'm like now. I don't know the price of anything I eat or buy. If it's not a house or a car, even most supercars, G. I don't even know. Most recently, there was allegations, right? Yeah. To do with human trafficking and stuff yep. like that. Oh, we'll talk about that. For every dollar you make, for every pound you take, you took it from someone else. You don't make money. You take money. You're not the Federal Reserve. You can't create money from thin air. Every single pound in your bank is money you took from someone else. Who is the real Andrew Tate? It's a good uh, question. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the CEO Cast, the number one place for showcasing business and entrepreneurship. Now, today, you lot are in for a special, special episode. I'm with the four-time kickboxing world champion, the top G, Mr. Producer, the one and only Andrew Tate himself. Come on, let's get a round of applause for that one. Come on, bro, people. Bro, I, I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with that introduction. Thank yeah? you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah you included you, the top G and everything. I'm happy with that. <laughs> you got it, bro. You got it. What are you saying? How's your day going? It's going good, man. I'm breathing, yeah. which is a good start. You know, um, surviving on yeah. the breadline, you know, getting the bills paid. I'm doing all right. Especially in London where, you know, things are hot all the time. Yeah, like things are hot. Yeah, the, the world's kind of getting like that for me now. Ever since I conquered TikTok, I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Everywhere I go, it's just, hey, it's top G. And some people love me. Some people hate me. Yeah. You know, and uh, in certain parts of the world, that's not a big deal. In other parts of the world, I'm a bit on edge. So. How long would you say you've been conquering TikTok for? Like how long? Because it seems like you kind of spawned out of nowhere almost. I put a plan together to conquer TikTok yeah. four months ago. Yeah. And I've now completed my conquest. Yeah. So, you so bro, done. So I, I, I conquer TikTok faster than the nation states conquer countries, bro. <laughs> four, four months, I put a plan together. Boom, done. Now it's mine. I own it. Yeah. Finished. Didn't spend a penny. Didn't spend a single penny on advertisements. I don't even have a TikTok account myself. Yeah. I just put a plan together. We made it happen and, and, it, and it's done. So. I want to get to that plan later on because... From what I have thought, I haven't asked you directly, I'm not asking you on this podcast, but it seems like a genius strategy. I think I know what it is. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'd like to say I know what I'm doing, right? Yeah. I must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because life seems to be going pretty well. So yeah. uh, we put the plan together and then we executed it. And a lot of the a lot of the time, it's not just the plan, it's the execution and the tenacity behind the execution. Yeah. We were tenacious like like we always are. And we moved with speed and we got it done. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and set the bell notification to all so you never miss a single episode. You know what? This is why I wanted to get you on here because a lot of things that you say, a lot of clips that I see resonate with me. Like, yeah. you see this, this your typical motivational speech, yeah? That, that shit don't motivate me, yeah? I'll be honest. There's a, there was a speech I remember about um, how much you want to succeed if you, you know, something to do with breathing. There's a guy called Eric Thomas. Yeah, yeah. That shit, I remember everyone was like, yeah, that's so motivational. It didn't hit me. Yeah. I'd rather have Andrew Tate call me a... Brokey, call me a fucking wagey. Actually, I'm not wagey, but I'd rather that. That shit motivates me. Well, you know I, I mean? yeah, and that's and that's the thing about the way I talk and the things I say. Some people find it inspirational, and some people are are upset by it, and it allows and their ego prevents them from learning from it. Yeah, but it's the kind of people who are really genuinely upset by what I say are the kind of people who can't truly learn anything and become successful in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I obviously know what I'm talking about to some degree, right? So if 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 Mike Tyson walks in here and tells you he's going to teach you how to box and says, you can't fight, you're a pussy. If that upsets you, then you can't learn, right? It's Mike Tyson. Just shut up and listen. Yeah. If, if, if someone, Richard and me, comes along and says, Andrew, you don't know shit, you're a dumbass and you're a brokey, I'm going to sit there and go, okay, maybe I'm a brokey, Elon. Tell me something. 
right? I'll listen, but if you're going to sit there and go, don't call me names, that, that I'm not listening, you're never going to get anywhere, right? You don't become you don't become the master unless you're very, very good at being a student. And I've always been very, very good at knowing when to shut up. But I've got to a point in my life now where I don't have to shut up ever. <laughs> so I don't. How long would you say you were a student for? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm still a student of life, right? There's you, no Nobody knows everything. And there's yeah. still a lot of people who I respect and will always respect and always am quiet around and, and treat with that absolute respect. But I've been learning for a very, very long time. I've always been very, very observant, trying to pay a lot of attention. And and life really doesn't have to be that complicated. When you see somebody that has something you want, you just got to try and work out how they got it. Yeah. And that's the missing part. Most people see people with things they want and they don't do the, the second half. They don't try and work out how they got that thing. Oh, my man has a Ferrari. Okay. I wish I had a Ferrari. Okay. They don't sit there and go for an hour. How did he get a Ferrari? It doesn't cross that. That part is the part they don't want to do, right? They just go, oh, here's a Ferrari. Wish I had a Ferrari. And they go back to TV. Yeah. And that's why they lose. <laughs> you know what? Here's where I want to start you because I feel like this point here is probably the point of which your whole life revolves around, right? I want to say, yep. in my opinion. And that's the Matrix. Yep. Yeah. I want you to kind of break that down and explain it because obviously I'm assuming you get the name from the film yep. and the whole, you know, what the film's about. Yep. But if you have to relate that to your life and life in general, yep. what exactly is the Matrix? When I talk about the Matrix, I'm talking about the systems which have been created by society, which are deliberately designed to enslave. In the movie, the Matrix were used for our body heat, but here in, in this Matrix, we're used for our efforts and our energies. And you're existing inside of a system which is deliberately rigged to make the rich richer and for the poor to stay poor. Yeah. And... For, you can sit there and get upset about it. You can sit there and cry about it and say the system needs to change, which is what some people do, socialists, X, Y, Z. But I think that's not, I think. I know that's a waste of time, right? That's futile. The best thing to do is to understand the rules of the game and find a way to win. So yes, the game is rigged. Yes, the richer are always going to get richer. Yes, the poor are always going to struggle. And that's the way the game is set up. So you still need to find the best move on the chessboard. There's no point sitting there saying, I want to play a different game because that's never going to happen. Because the people with the money are the people who have the control and they have the power. And why would they have the game set up any other way? Why would they change it? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's also the basic of economics. I think a lot of people don't understand the true basics of economics. And the basics of economics state that even giving money to the poor, it ends up back in the hands of the rich. There's no way to stop the rich getting richer. I've already explained this before, but... I remember during COVID when they did the stimulus checks and they passed out all this free money to everyone, a thousand. In England, they gave a lot more money, but in America, everyone got like $1,400 each and everyone was happy about it saying, oh, he's giving money to the poor. Yeah, but what do those poor people spend that money on? They either, well, Amazon stock tripled yep. because they all went to Amazon. Yep. So Jeff, Be well. Jeff Bezos got richer, yeah. right? But the fact is that there's less companies than there are people. All those $1,400 checks amongst all those people at the bottom ended up getting, ended up in the hands of a few companies and the rich got richer and you can't stop it. Mm. doesn't matter if those people invested their money. doesn't matter if they bought stocks. doesn't matter if they bought a crypto. doesn't matter if they bought a house, whatever. The people who have the assets and have the companies and have the control are always going to end up getting control of the currency and they're always going to be richer. So yeah. that's kind of how it works. And it's getting worse and worse. It's have-nots and have-yachts. I think it's all about being opportunists, right? Because there's a lot of crypto people here right now. Yeah. Um, and I remember you it was on your video or something. Crypto was at a point where it was like £3,000. So what's that, about $5,000, I want to yeah, say, something yeah. like that. I think more or less everyone here bought some. Yeah. But the whole general public thought it was going to shit. Yeah. And, you know, the opportunity there, no one grabbed it. Yeah. Sort of and thing. that's and that's another thing about opportunities, right? Because you have to be positioned to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah. It's like in chess, they say uh, good moves come from good positions. It's true. You can't find a good move from a terrible position, right? If you're sitting at home with no money, it's hard to invest in Bitcoin at a dollar. It doesn't <laughs> matter what it goes to, right? you got to be in a good position to take advantage of things. So you've always got to be in a position where... 
you have a good network, you have good information, you have some kind of liquid money, mm. you have the ability to survive without that money, you can take a risk. Like it's hard to set yourself up. I'm in a position now where I'm I'm in the NBA. I'm I'm an NBA player. I can never go broke again. So it doesn't matter, right? Once you're in the NBA, you can I can throw a million dollars at something. It doesn't matter if it works or not. Mm. So for me, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference. And that's why it's so much easier. They always say the first million is the hardest, and they're completely right. Once you get to a certain point, you can just you can gamble to a degree, yeah. right? Well, doing my research and stuff, you haven't always been a multi-millionaire, yeah. I want to say probably near billionaire level or something like that. So when did you clock all of this? When did you find out this side of life? I always knew that the matrix existed and i always knew that the traditional systems and from the what age did you know say again from what age did you know i always knew okay i just knew <laughs> even even when i was going to school and they're sitting there going you're not going to get a good job if you don't get good grades i was the one sitting there going you're a liar shut up i just knew the teacher was lying i knew school was bullshit i knew college was bullshit i knew university was a lie i always knew it was a trick and a con i didn't truly understand things to the level i understand them now but I had an intrinsic understanding, and I think everybody does. If you're if you're in a gas station and it's three in the morning and, and a Lambo pulls up and a guy gets out of it, you're thinking criminal, drug dealer, gangster. Yeah. You're not thinking, ah, he has a uni degree. Because you, you could you know, you're not gonna think that. So when you see money, people don't even associate the money they see with university. But then they go, I want to make money so I'm in a university. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So I think everybody knows that the system and the path they lay out for you is not a, a path that's going to lead to where you want to be. Mm. And I didn't know what the other path was, but that intrinsic distrust for the system and that distrust for the things they wanted me to do made me search for other avenues. And then I found them, right? And if you speak to the people who are richest, if you speak to the people you know, this is for everyone at home as well, if you speak to the people you know who have the most money and go up to them and say, hey, what made you rich? None of them say school. Do any of them no. say school made me rich? <laughs> I got an A in GCSE. Like, who gives a shit? It's, it's bullshit, right? So it's all indoctrination. So I, I knew it was indoctrination. And for that reason, I was always searching. And if you're searching, you're going to find. Yeah. So. Now, I always believe that as well. Growing up as well, I always thought that, here, here was my theory. I've got a theory of business studies. A lot of people thought I was full of shit and stuff, yeah? Yep. But I want to kind of hear your opinion towards it. Yeah. So my whole, I've done business studies in GCSE. In my opinion, the whole textbook, everything, the teacher, everything's full of shit. Yep. Yeah, literally, I feel like they overcomplicate it and confuse it on purpose yep. because they don't want uh, entrepreneurs, right? And they want people to be stuck in the system. I people think- said I'm full of because of that no 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 i know exactly what you're saying but they teach you things that the problem is as well it's difficult because the way that humans work and the way that we are we've evolved as a species is that we don't really learn lessons unless they're learned the hard way yeah i believe that unless a lesson has taught the hard way you're not going to learn it you can have so many near misses and people won't learn their lesson Bro, you must know a guy who goes out there, nearly crashes his car, nearly crashes his car, nearly crashes his car, doesn't slow his ass down till he wrecks it. Yeah. Like, this is how people are, right? So you need that pain for the lesson to sting enough to really genuinely go inside of your mind. And it's the same with everything. It's the same with driving a car or business. Truthfully, if you want to learn a lesson about business, you're going to have to suffer at some point, right? Mm. So we always say that most people are not successful with their first companies, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I get that. The truth is there's a lot of people who make a lot of money with their first company, but they just spunk it, act an idiot, and it all blows up in their face. And that's the, and that's how you get the discipline on your fourth company that when you have three million in the bank, you just leave it there. You know, it's yeah. and don't and don't be done with it. So you need to you need to go through some pain, you need to experience some negative things, you need to have to a, to a degree some trauma to really even learn any lessons. So yeah, business studies, you're right. The book 
that's that's not going to teach you anything about business. You need to get out there on the streets. You need to you need to make mistakes. You need to suffer. You need to have the tax man knocking at your door. You got to deal with all that stuff so that you make sure it doesn't happen again. I really think that, that humans are stupid enough to only learn the hard way. That's kind of how it works. This episode is brought to you by Crep Chief Notify. In my time in business, I've learned that you need to seize every single opportunity, regardless of how big it is or how small it is. It's all about taking the first step. So for you watchers out there right now who want to become successful, just like Tate himself, this is a perfect way for you to find your first side hustle. Reselling is a great and easy way to start making money alongside your main job. For me personally, alongside of my podcast, I've been using Crep Chief Notify since November last year. And on average, I've been making between 700 and 1500 pound a month. Their platform literally tells me what to sell, how to sell it, how to acquire it, where to sell it, everything you need to know so it takes up minimal amount of your time like i said i've been making anywhere between 700 and 1500 pound a month that's only doing a few hours a week it's quite simple to be fair all you got to do is sign up to their service they show you what are the current hot products to resell where to get them and where to sell them but not only that but the plus side of it is as well there's over 50,000 entrepreneurs that use their service and as we know your network is your net worth so if you weren't already signed up make sure you sign up now so get started on your first side hustle today using crep chief notify sign up using the link in the description below and you'll be one step closer to the life you've always dreamt of like i said the link is in the description as well so make sure you sign up right now and also they've got a youtube channel just write in crep chief notify and you can see exactly how the whole platform works before we dive more deep into your story firstly we need like twenty thousand likes on this video secondly i want to ask you one last question before we dive deep into your yeah. life here i googled your net worth right okay and it says 30 million dollars mm -hmm. how accurate is that because well, you, let me just say before this yeah. i see a five million dollar bugatti yeah and i'm like Maybe a guy with thirty million dollars won't spend his money on a five million dollar Bugatti. Don't make sense. So you he's know, probably got some. Yeah, you know what's actually the the saying: if you know what you have, you ain't got much. That is completely true. Yeah, I don't have a clue how much money I have. When I was broke, I knew exactly how much money I had. I had one hundred and seventeen pound in the NatWest, and that was it. I'm poor, rent paid. I ain't got nothing else. When I was broke, I knew exactly how much I had. But now I'm at a point where it gets really difficult to truly measure how much money I have because you have cash. Okay, that's easy. I have some crypto, which is constantly fluctuating. And then you have assets and the price of the assets is constantly fluctuating. Mm. And then I have companies and income streams, which need to be valued. And how do you value them? Right. They can be an eight times multiplier in some circumstances and others. They'll be a 10 times multiplier. Yeah. Uh, so it's really difficult for me to put a value on it. If, so, if you were to say to me, how much money do I have in the bank? But then even then. I've got to be careful what I say on this podcast. <laughs> but even then, even then, once once you have a healthy respect for money, once you get past a certain amount of money, you don't need it in the bank. Like there's there's no point in me having 50M liquid in the bank. Why? What, what am I going to buy? You know, you're like, as long as you have whatever you have in the bank to, to run around the world with, you have enough. So you try and put that money to use, right? You buy assets, X, Y, Z. So it's really difficult. I mean, I, I have my online school, which we'll talk about later, Hustlers University. Yep. I, that's already been valued. That was valued at 300 million. When did you start Hustlers University? A year ago. A year ago. Fuck. Yeah. And that's valued at 300 million. Yeah. So, but then I ain't going to sell it. So, but then again, I had a valuation between 280 and 340. So again, how much money do I have? I don't know. I, I, so I could, if I really wanted to, if I wanted to sit here and say I was worth 500 million, I could prove that. Yeah. Yeah. If, what if you sold up everything? If I wanted like to, I could come up with five hundred million, probably. Yeah, yeah. No, I believe that. That's what I'm saying that a guy like that buy another Bugatti. I'm pretty sure I saw a vlog where you're gonna buy another Bugatti. I've already bought a second one. Is it? Yeah. Which one? I've I've put another order down for another Chiron. So it's because that's the only one that's out right now. There's a Roadster coming supposedly. I've heard rumors of. Yeah. Um, I've bought a Kernan Zeg as well. I got a Jamera on the way. Yeah. I'm talking to Pagani. I saw that. You put new, it on your story. So yeah, I assumed the yeah, new probably. Pagani. But you know what? There's this is another thing about money. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna complain. This is gonna upset all the brokies at home. There's nothing to fucking buy. Like you buy three or four diamond watches, you buy a couple suits, you buy some cars, 
What else? What else is there to buy? You end up just spunking it on bottle shows and 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 ten thousand dollar steaks. There's nothing to buy. You can go on holiday and travel, blah blah blah. But if you're actually looking for physical items, things to own and buy, there ain't much to buy. Okay, you can buy property, but property is a, is a funny one for me because I'm a, I'm very anti-governmental as a person, and I think that property is is one of the big tools the Matrix uses to enslave, to keep you in a system. Completely, man. You buy a ten million dollar house. In whatever country, you don't want to piss off the government of that country. Yeah, but saying you'll lose that house. Saying that I know you bounce everywhere for different locations. Yeah. Yeah. But what about buying houses in different locations? You still don't agree with that. Nah, because then you got a headache of you gotta look after it. Now it becomes a job, right? Yeah. There's there's a lot of people who talk about passive income and we'll talk about passive income because I think that's the biggest scam on the planet. The idea of passive income in and of itself is a lie. You're the first but, person on the postcard to say yeah, that. Bro, bro, yeah. No, like everyone goes, Oh, I want passive income. Well, of course you do. Everyone wants passive income, but Tell me how you're going to get it, because only having tenants is not passive income. Ask anybody who has tenants. It's fucking headache, right? Yeah. If I have a house X, Y, Z, I've got to make sure it's looked after, not broken into, the electricity's on, it's cleaned, I've got to get someone on the ground, my assistant's got to deal with it. Now it's just got to be some, something to deal with. And once I got a bunch of money, what I really wanted more than anything was freedom. There's a bunch of these real high-level crypto guys, you know, like the guys who invented Ethereum and all that, lot, yeah. the, the autistic guys. They don't own anything. And I kind of get that. I'm at the point now where they have a backpack of their possessions. And if they want a house, they rent it. They want a Lambo, they rent it. If I need to go somewhere, rent, 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 rent. I don't own anything. I don't have any hassle. Nothing's in my name. No government can take anything from me. You, you know, you get to a point of wealth where you kind of start thinking, do I want to have all this crap now i got to deal with? Really, you want peace of mind. And I have enough troubles in my head. I don't need to be worried about my mansion in Santa Monica, which has been broken into and I don't even go there. Do you know what I mean? It's just long. So that's that. And then also what I was saying earlier about property being a tool to the matrix. If you buy a 10 or $20 million property under a government, you can't piss that government off. You can't disagree with that government. You can't, if the, if the tax authority of that government says you owe the money, you better fucking pay it. We're going to lose a house, right? Yeah. If they say you better take an injection in your arm for the good of society, you better take your vaccine. You better put your mask on. You can't afford, you can't even get a parking ticket, my G. Listen, if I'm in England right now, I don't own any assets in England, right? And I pull up in the DBS. Have you ever seen James Bond look for parking? Me <laughs> no. neither. No, fuck no. He parks up and gets out. That's what I do. Park up, boom, get out. I don't look for parking. They put a ticket on the DBS. Let's say I decide not to pay that, right? What are they going to do? I don't have any assets in the UK. They're going to make a bunch of letters, send it to a bailiff. Bailiff's going to drive around the UK. I don't even live here. Boom, it's over, right? If I had a 20 million pound house... Eventually, it's going to go, the, the 60 pound becomes 120, 120 becomes 240, yeah, bailiff comes, two grand, three grand, boom, 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 gets to the point where they're going to take my 20 million pound house off me. Maybe it takes three years, but they will, over a parking ticket. So by buying that property, you're now giving all of the, gov you're giving the government a way to hurt you. You're giving them a leverage over you. And I'm at the point of wealth now. I have enough hidden money where I don't want any government to have any leverage over me. I want a government to say, Andrew, we don't like you. And he say, get fucked. <laughs> I safe. All right, I won't come then. Bye. Like, and that's the problem with property. Property is a, is a tricky one. I know you can make money with it, but you have to understand that you're, they'll use it against you, man. It's a leverage. So, but let me ask you though. I understand. I completely understand the whole concept of the, you know coming out of the matrix and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But for what reason? Like, what's the end goal? Like, where do you see your life in terms of in the future? I'll tell you why. I always knew I wanted to escape the matrix before I escaped it. And let me tell you why. If COVID has not woke people up in the last three years, I don't know what's wrong with you. The government came along, closed your business down by force, forced you to have a medical procedure you didn't want, made you stay in your house and cover your face. 
with oh, because of something with a 99.9% fucking survival rate. They come along and literally broke every single rule. They broke the Geneva Human Rights Convention, every single law that they wrote themselves. They just broke them all under the guise of safety. More people committed suicide from mental health issues or more people died from missed doctor's appointments for real injur- for real diseases because mm. of this crap. They came along and did it because they were told to by someone above the government because the government's not even in charge of anything. And and now they've got, and now they've gone back to normal. Everyone thinks they're not going to do it again for some other reason. You think across the next thirty years they're not going to come back with some new shit? Fuck them. Next time when they come along with this crap, I'm out. I'm bouncing. See ya. When they did this, I went to Sweden. Sweden was open the whole time. Sweden yeah. never locked down. I was in clubs in Stockholm while everyone else was here locked in their houses, clapping for the NHS like a jackass. I was in the nightclub. No masks. No vaccine. No lockdown. Nothing. Running around with Swedish chicks. So I just run to freedom, right? But if I had, let's say, a big property within the UK, I can't just say fuck the UK. Yeah. So once you escape the matrix and you try and find a way to get your wealth outside of the system, then you can exist geographically anywhere. And once you can do that, then laws don't really apply to you. If they made a law in the UK I was unhappy with, I'd just leave. And if they made a law in Romania where I live I'm unhappy with, I would just leave. I don't have to, I don't have to be a lawbreaker. I don't have to be a, a criminal. I'll just go somewhere else, right? So... Property kind of ties you down. Things tie you down. And if you look at the real high levels of wealth, if you look at the billionaires and stuff, they're trying to do the same thing. They don't own anything. They have a share in a company which owns a shell company in the Cayman Islands, which owns this subsidiary of a company in Dubai, which owns a boat that they can use. Yep. It's that. It's that Aikido. It's the same thing. Get out of the matrix. That's what everyone's trying to do. Right? You know, I was going to ask you this later on in the podcast, but it seems like a, a good time to ask you now. Yeah. You uh, obviously... I wanted to initially do this podcast in Romania. I thought it'd be sick coming to your house, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but every time you're trying to arrange something, you're on a jet flying off somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Next place is everywhere. So yeah. I thought, you know, while you're in the UK, we do it here. But what's your reason for moving to Romania? And do you own the house in Romania then? Yeah. So uh, the house in Romania is owned by a subsidiary of a shell company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll, okay. leave, it, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, and I moved to Romania because it felt more free than the UK in certain aspects. And it is. In yep. certain aspects, it's certainly more free. You're always, as, a, as an individual, you always have to make a trade-off. And the trade-off is usually between uh, laws and the strength of the government and the, and the judicial system and your safety. Right? This is the usual trade-off. So Dubai, which I love and I spend a lot of time in, the judicial system is extremely harsh. The laws are extremely harsh. But it's very, very safe. I'll accept that trade. If you give me a powerful government and a powerful police force, but you give me my safety to wear a $5 million watch, I'll take that all day. But you have countries like America and England where the judicial system and the police are dangerous and they can mess you up at a whim, but they don't even give you your safety. So now you want, now I have to be scared of the cops arresting me for no reason and the criminal killing me. So they don't even give me a fair trade-off. So in my view, if I'm going to live in a country with a strong judicial system and a strong legal system, I want them to provide me my safety on the street mm. and the safety of my family. And if they don't do that, I don't see why they're seen as so strong. There's countries in Africa and Southeast Asia, et cetera, where the ju- judicial system's a joke. Then fine. The streets aren't safe. The police ain't doing their job. That all makes sense to me, right? But when the police are going to come along and mess you up for not wearing a mask or catch you for speeding and wreck your life, but they can't even offer you safety, then fuck them. So I decided to move somewhere else. And there are countries in the world where there's a really interesting, delicate balance of uh, a government and a police force, which are not strong. And when I'm saying that, I'm not saying I'm breaking the law. 
I'm not saying it in that way. I'm saying that minor infractions or tiny things are not going to be, I'm not going to be persecuted to the end of earth yeah, like yeah. I would in the UK for a parking ticket. Yeah, it's right? mad because they literally say in the UK all the time, people get caught more for speeding and shit like that than people getting caught for stabbing. A hundred percent, right? And this is what I even said. Like in Romania, you don't get parking tickets. Yeah. You just fucking park. You just dump the car. Nobody gives a shit, right? <laughs> so it's just a different way of life over there. But at the same time, Romania and a few other countries in the world a lot of them are in Eastern Europe. They have a strong morality because they're very religious countries. So although the police are not seen as a strong police force, they're not like the English police are not as well funded. They don't have as big as fast cars, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's actually very safe because people just have a different view of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it all adds up. So I moved there purely for small things, bro. Kept getting parking tickets, kept getting this, that, a letter. When you're living in the UK, bro, you get a new letter through your mailbox every day. Someone wants money for something. You did something wrong. Tax you money. had some fun. HMRC. Yeah, you were breathing <laughs> that day. Give us money. I was just like, fuck, why am I here? Bounce. Yeah. So I just left and I had really good friends in Romania. I went to visit and ended up staying. So, But so. why not Dubai? Because me personally, if I was to move anywhere, I'd probably go to Dubai. I understand. I completely understand that. That's a good choice. And it's, Because it's, the only thing we've been like, us boys, we've all have probably been caught speeding, especially my man here. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's the only thing they don't really give a shit about speeding like that. They'll pull you over, say why are you speeding, all yeah. that. But second you commit a proper crime, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. You know and, I mean? and and I respect Dubai. I really like Dubai. And like I said, I even have no problems obeying every single tiny law down like speed down to speed if you're gonna give me my safety. But if you cannot offer me my safety on the street, then I think that you've failed as a country and failed as a judicial system, and I don't see why I should have to comply with any of your rules. Mm. So that's 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 the basic understanding of yeah. it. So so yeah, I love Dubai. I spend a lot of time there. And even though I live in Romania, I've only been there since the beginning of this year. I've been there less than two weeks. So I'm never home anyway. So for me, it's just a base. It's just somewhere to park the cars, right? So yeah. um, it is what it is. I'm always jumping around because once you have a jet, you can time travel. So I'm, I'm, you're time traveling all the time. So Is the jet yours or how, how does the whole jet lifestyle work? A shell work? company owns a subsidiary to a company which owns a jet, which yeah. I can borrow. I don't own anything. Hello, everyone on YouTube. I am broke. I'm a brokey. I don't own anything. You can't take nothing from me, HMRC. I don't have anything. I'm poor. I go to fucking O2 down there. They won't give me a phone contract. I ain't got nothing. I'm broke. I just get to borrow these Bugattis. I got really good friends. So, um, but yeah, like once, once, once you can fly on private planes, you can time travel. So that changes the entire scope of the world. Yeah. I'm interested to know, yeah, you flew from Austria to UK, right? Yeah. Recently. Yeah. How much does that jet, private jet cost? I'm just interested in knowing jet costs. If you were to charter that jet, yep. it depends. If you have your own plane, you just pay for the fuel. And then it depends if you want to, I have my own pilot, but if you had a pilot, you could hire a pilot and you'd hire an air hostess, catering, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. let's say you owned the plane in fuel that might cost you around seven, $8,000. If you were going to charter that plane, it'd probably cost 25, 30 grand, Bloody something like that. So about 30 grand for the flight. Quick question. Is your pilot a mill? <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get all the, all the feminists angry now when I say that I don't trust female pilots. Listen, women are amazing creatures and they're very good at certain things in the world and they're very needed. And I'm not going to sit here and say that women are unimportant or unneeded because they're not, they're very, very needed, but women can't even park cars. G you see them. They can't even parallel park. You're going to trust, you're gonna trust them it. in the sky, <laughs> the curb your plane. Fuck no. No, sir. Give me a give me a man, please. Give me a man. Give me an old man who was in the military. Done a lot of years. It's getting bumpy. I need to have confidence. Like I have some chick up there doing her lipstick. No, 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 no. Thank you. So, um, but yeah, jets changed the game. That's another thing because even even before COVID, I never thought I'd buy a jet. I thought big spend of money or waste of money, right? Mm. How much are they? About twenty mil. It depends on the plane you get. Depends how you want to have it fitted out. That kind of thing. Yeah. 
but I never thought I'd buy one. But then they tried to keep telling me to put a mask on. I couldn't have it. So I had, I had to get one. And then once you get one, it, it completely changes how you view the world because now you can time travel. If I wanted to fly to, let's say, Vienna from here on a normal airplane, let's say the flight's at midday, I get to the airport at 10 a.m., sit around for two hours, fly at 12, land at 2, another hour by the time I do the passport, get my bag, my whole day's gone, right? Yeah. But if I want to fly to Vienna with my plane, I send a text message, say we're leaving at 12, I get there at 11.59, we take off at 12, I land and by 12.01, the, the BMW's on the runway, I'm back on the, on the motorway, right? So it literally only takes two hours. All the, other, the things other side are gone. Mm. It takes two hours to get in and out of central London yeah, in, a, in a car. <laughs> yeah. So I can get to Vienna, the same, to me, going to Vienna now is the same as going to West End. It's like, cool, it's an hour, it's two hours, hour and a half. 30 minutes, boom, 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 whatever it is. So it changes how you view the world. And that's why I end up jumping around all over the place. Cause I'm like, I got something to do here, there, there, there. So it's four or five countries in a day sometimes. And that's my you're, you're like, bro, let's, let's organize this thing. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing by 6 PM. You know, I, I don't know what I'm doing shook, next yeah. week. I appreciate the fact that you're here. I actually got shook. Cause when we were talking about doing this on Friday, yeah. Um, I saw your story and you were jetting off again. I thought, like what's happening <laughs> and in your back because well, anyway yeah, it's bro it never ends so I, I yeah i have to stay flexible there's a lot of things i have to do in a lot of places and i, I wake up each day and decide which one's going to get done and yeah it goes. you know what i think now is a good point to transition all the way back to now you understand your lifestyle how it is now let's dive all the way back to to the point where you were a brokey brokey yeah, yeah the brokey good old days, days. The good old days. Yeah. The best, some of the best days of my life were brokey days. Bro. You think, yeah? Yeah, man, I miss the brokey days. Why? Because when you, when you have limitations- Money makes it fun, though. Money does make life fun, but when you have limitations, you're, you're better at living in the moment and you're better at appreciating things. So what happens is now at my point, right, no matter how much fun I'm having, it's always, even if it's only 1% in the back of my mind, that, that it could be more fun somewhere else. If I can go anywhere I want all the time with no lim- limitations, I never have to turn up to a job. I don't have anything I have to do. I can go anywhere, right? And I got a plane waiting for me. If I'm in Marbella in the middle of a party, no matter how good that party is, how much fun I'm having, whatever girls I'm with, whatever, whatever, and my boy texts me from Mykonos saying it's going off in Mykonos. Part of me is thinking, should I just, it's, I, it's, I can get there by, four, it's 3 a.m. now. I can be there by before the club closes in Mykonos. And then it's hard to just live in the moment and be happy with what you're doing. Does yeah. that make sense? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's unlimited choices. It's like going to Tesco. If there's only one sandwich, it's fine. But there's a hundred sandwiches. You start reading every sandwich. Yeah. Which one's the one I want? <laughs> Maybe that one was better. So the Brokey days were good days, bro, man. Like I'd, I'd get McDonald's and you're laughing with your boys. Yeah. The Brokey days were great. And I'm not complaining about being rich. Obviously, I worked hard for this and it's, and it's a fantastic life I live now. But I think without those brokey days, without those original days to compare it to, without that juxtaposition, then I don't think being rich would be fun at all. I think it's only fun because you can compare it to the days when you weren't rich. That's the only thing that makes it fun. The only thing that makes a $10,000 stake fun is that you can laugh saying how you never had 10 grand in your bank till you were 27 years old. Yeah. Like that's, otherwise, it's boring. Otherwise, you, okay, stake. And I think if you're born with too much money, that you'll never truly be happy. I think you need the brokey days. They're the best days. They're the best yeah, days. Yeah, some people are literally brought up rich, born into money, essentially. Yep. You know, if your dad's born, uh, sorry, if you're born and your dad's got Ferraris, Lamborghinis and stuff like that, yep. you think that they're not really tr- experiencing true fun, happiness sort of thing because they don't know the difference. It's Yeah, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And and, and humans, we all we all work in, in regards to, it's even the way the human body works, right? If you're driving at 200 miles an hour, you don't feel it. You only feel the acceleration getting to 200 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were born at 200 miles an hour, it doesn't feel fast. It doesn't feel fun. 
Me, my life feels fun now because of all the acceleration to get here, and I can remember the times when I was stuck by the side of the motorway without a car. Yeah. So I, I, I have that juxtaposition. Without that, it's not even, it's not even interesting. It's not even fun. So the brokey days. Anyone who's out here who's broke, good. You're gonna be. These will be the happiest days of your life once you made it. You've yeah. got to remember everything. And, and sit around with your, with your boys. I mean, maybe some people change with money. Maybe if you get new friends and things change. But I, I hang around with the exact same people I did when I was poor. I got the same friends. I live with the same people, the same guys, same jokes. Same, nothing's changed for me. So for me, I'm just a broke guy with a bunch of money. That's, that's all that's happened. <laughs> just the financial situations have just, changed. Yeah, the financial situations changed. That's it. So what, you grew up in Luton, right? Yeah. So what was your whole upbringing like then? Yeah, so I, School I, was, life, yeah, so I was born in America. I left America when I was 10, Yep. moved to Luton, where my mom was originally from, grew, went to Lee Manor High School in Marsh Farm. I think it was one of the bottom three high schools in the country at the time. Went to a nice rubbish high school, went to college, did some A-levels, uh, rejected university because they tried to tell me to do a personal statement. I couldn't be bothered. Is it? Yeah, that, that was literally <laughs> What it. would you have studied in uni? I did really well in my A-levels. I actually, I, in my GCSEs, I didn't try and I got a bunch of B's and C's. And I know I'm a genius, right? So it annoyed me. So I thought, I'm actually going to try for my A-levels. So I got a bunch of A's. I did business studies as well, got an A. And then they, I did some advanced diploma in business studies for the top 1% of, of scores or some crap. And I got a merit in that. And then I was offered a place at, uh, uh, what was it called? It begins with A. Ascot. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's in uh, next to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. For, for for advanced business. Da -da, like Basically what every man would dream of, right? Advanced business, da -da -da, university, blah, blah. I, was, I offered this place. And they said I had to do a, a personal statement. And I said, no, I don't. I've already been offered a place. They already give me a place because I'm the big G. Look at my scores. I'm a, I'm a genius. Mm. And they said, no, you still have to do a personal statement. And I was like, why? Who's going to read this? Hi, my name's Andrew. I like to run. Literally got to I go to the gym. <laughs> like, no one's reading this shit. Like, why am I even writing this? It offended me. Yeah. And the, my, my class tutor, whoever she was, was like, well, everyone's doing one. And I was like, you know what? Get fucked. And tell Ash, Ascot to get fucked, too. So I, I didn't even go. I quit that. My mom went nuts, obviously. Told her I was going to be a kickboxing world champion. She's like, no, you're not. Wrong. So uh, I just started kickboxing. I got a normal job. I got a wagey job. I was a wagey. I was working uh, as an IT technician in my former high school, fixing laptops. Okay. Got fired from there for sleeping with the head girl. You know how it is. It's hard out here. How old? <laughs> I was like 18. Oh, shit. And she okay. was 16. So I was like, what's the problem? And they're like, oh, yeah, but you're a member of staff. Da -da -da -da. So, whatever. So I got fired from there. And then... um. Yeah, I got some sales jobs and I was training hard to fight. And I, I don't, I think sales jobs are probably the best job any person can get. If yeah. I had to get a job again, it'd be a sales job because you learn a lot as a salesman. You learn, and sales is a really important skill. You learn a skill. And also, if you're actually good at it, it's not even really like having a job. They don't fire the top salesman. Yeah, no, they don't. No, they, they do don't, not they fire the top the salesman. No, no, yeah, you yeah. turn up late. <laughs> You, you, you crash your You're car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, G. Boom. Here's my numbers. They're like, yeah. oh, all right, dickhead. But all right, bye. They don't give a fuck if you're, yeah. if you're the big boss, right? So if you're a salesman, it's the only time you get any kind of freedom. And also all the responsibility and all the pressures on your back where it belongs as a man. You need to adopt uh, stress and adopt problems if you want to be successful as a man. And as a salesman, you get that. So I had a bunch of sales jobs. I did a bunch of sales things. I was fighting, became world champion, started making money with fighting. But, but even fighting, kickboxing is not boxing, bro. Most I ever got paid for a fight was like 200 grand. Yeah, because some boxers, I think Amir Khan for his last fight, rumors have it that he got paid about 6 million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxing's so, different. That's big money, yeah. Yeah, it's big money. But um, as a kickboxer, you don't make that much money, man. I had an apartment at a BMW and I was doing all right, but I wasn't balling. 
You know, I couldn't just pull money out out the sky and just do whatever. Like if you're fighting twice in a year, yeah. And let's say you get fifty grand for one fight, forty grand for another fight. What ninety grand? By the time you give your manager twenty percent, pay all your rent, paid your car, but you ain't you ain't rich, right? And that's the best you'll ever get at kickboxing ever. Well, even at top top level, top 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 level, you have to go to UFC, and even most UFC fighters have no money. Yeah, you got to be the champ champ to get paid. Yeah, people it's, saying Dana White really yeah. robs the fighters. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is with the UFC is that everyone says Dana White should pay them more, but look at how liquid the UFC is. Even during COVID, when basically every other organization couldn't function and shut down, he managed to keep shows running. He managed to keep UFC running, mm. keep fighters getting paid, keep, keep keep fighters in shape. I mean, I know a lot of kickboxers who didn't have a fight for two two and a half years. How are you going to stay in shape for two and a half years? Yeah, and then you come out doing, doing what? Yeah. How are you going to drive to the gym every day, eat good every day, without you're not getting paid to fight now? So it's hard. So... Maybe he does rub the fighters. I don't know, but he's a he's an excellent businessman. He's provided a platform for people. But um, the the point I'm trying to make is that fighting as a career path is is a terrible career path because it's just too hard to make money. Too much can go wrong. You can get unlucky. You can break your hand. You know, you can get sick on the day before a fight and then lose the fight because you had a bit of a cold and now you're you got knocked out and you're you're you know what I mean? Like it's hard. Too it's, it's, for it, yeah. it's too hard. It's it's not it's unpredictable. So. I always knew that even when I was fighting and I was always trying to find a way to make money. Even when I was fighting, all I did was try different ways to make money. I tried a, I tried a million things and that's what you have to do. You have to try a bunch of things and learn a bunch of lessons until you finally find something that works. So, And when did you find like your, when did you have like your first taste of true money sort of thing? That's a good question. And I think one of the reasons why I was so motivated to make money is because even when I was completely broke through fighting, I had access to a lifestyle. I saw... I saw money, right? So, man, I can tell you stories now that even sound stupid to me. I went to Deauville, France to fight for a world title. And I was sitting there and the promoter hadn't turned up yet. And I ordered two waters, two Perrier. Yeah. And they came and they were like nine euro each. And I paid for them. And I said to Tristan, 20 quid for fucking water. Because we're, we're brokies. <laughs> we're just like, and he's like, yeah, that's crazy. And... And, and we look it around and there's all these tables just with water, champagne, food, da, da, da. you know, like a thousand dollar lunches, thousand yeah, yeah, pound yeah. lunches. No one gave a shit. Right. And we're sitting there going, where are we going wrong with life? Like, we're worried about the price of water. That dude's got a lobster. He's got like a big bottle the of champagne. He's got three chicks. <laughs> like, we're going wrong. So I always knew there was outside of the Matrix. There were these people who were living in a way that money didn't have any significance. Money wasn't real to them. So I always knew it. I was always around it, especially through fighting. I went to to a bunch of crazy countries, Kazakhstan, all these places. We're in Kazakhstan, a poor country. It's just G-Wagon, 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 G-Wagon. I'm like, what? The, what's going on? Like, there are people who are living outside the matrix. And once you live outside of it, once you get to a certain level of incomes and wealth, everything becomes free. Like, the, when I was looking at the price of that water, no one else in that restaurant even looked at the price of anything. It didn't matter. Yeah. And that's what I'm like now. I don't know the price of anything I eat or buy. If it's not a house or a car, even most supercars, G, I don't even know. If I want the new Maserati, the MC20, the Spider, I'm just going to text my boy, yeah, fully spec, every option. And it's going to come out the bank and I ain't going to notice. Like, it doesn't make a difference. If I have 11.8 million or 11.4 million, what difference, what difference does it make? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So you get to a point where the whole world's free and then you start just buying stuff, not because you want it, but because it's completely free. So even if you 1% want it, right? You're like, oh, well, I kind of, maybe I might use it once. 400 yeah. G's. I might, I might drive it one day this summer. Yeah. You know, and that's how you get to. It's the same way people just buy coffee at a whim. You end up doing that with everything. So I always knew that that kind of life existed. 
I used to talk with my brother about it all the time. I was like, bro, we're doing something wrong. Something doesn't add up. Mm. We're still thinking in terms of like make money, spend money, money in the bank. It doesn't. There's people who are living for free and they just point at things and they get everything they want. And my brother used to call me crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, there's the matrix. We're inside the system. We need to escape. And now I managed to find a way out. So I always knew it existed. I was always looking for it. And, and it does exist, man. You can get to a point of income. You can get to a point of wealth generation where literally everything, every, I can't, I don't know how else to say it. I want to say it in a more articulate way for the sake of the podcast. The only way I can explain so, uh, it is everything is free. Okay. That's how I view the world. Everything's free. If I want something, it's free. I want dinner's free, coffee's free, supercars are free, private jets are free, it's free, it's free. I just want it because all they want is numbers on a screen yeah. and, and numbers on a screen are, 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 what's the numbers on a screen? It's nothing. It's free. I don't know how else to say it. You're telling me if I give you some numbers on a screen, you're going to go and build me a W16 fucking Bugatti Chiron Pure Sport and you're going to deliver it to me in my house and you're going to put it in the color I want and it's going to be gorgeous and beautiful and everyone's going to be jealous and you're going to do that and all you want is a few numbers on a screen? Safe. Take it. Take it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's free. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. That's the world. That's the level the world gets to. That's mud. That's mud. So you and Tristan, you do everything together, right? Yeah. Correct. You share everything, businesses, bank accounts. Correct. I think the only thing you don't share is girls, right? Correct. So what's that like? And where did that whole relationship with you and your brother come from? Because I think a lot of people in the UK, especially, um, they kind of view their brothers as the complete polar opposite of them. Yeah. And don't want to do anything with them. They, you do your own thing. Yeah. So when did you and Tristan think that? Okay. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that people can make. And, and one of the largest things that hold people back from wealth is the people around them. Not only because of the mindsets of the people around them, but also trying to find people around you who you can truly actually trust is difficult. Yeah. It's difficult, man. I'm telling you, if you get 20 people, 20 full-grown men in a room, and they can trust each other completely and nobody's out to snake anyone, even if all 20 are working normal jobs, but they pool their spare income, you will be rich. You'll be fine. The problem is finding 20 people you can trust, yeah. right? 20 people with normal jobs, even with normal jobs, you could pool your spare income. You could buy cryptocurrencies. You could buy houses. You could do whatever you want to do. And you would find a way to escape the matrix, at least maybe not to the insane levels, but you'd all be comfortable, right? By just pooling incomes. Problem is one of them 20 is going to snake you. One of them 20, his his woman's going to leave him and he's going to get fucked over and you're going to get fucked over by, by extension. Or one of them 20, his wife will be in her ear. You're always out with them boys. You can't be with them anymore. The woman gets involved, starts messing it all up. So it's hard. The, a lot of people don't understand that the entire world, the most valuable thing on the planet today is human capital. Even the people at the very, very top echelons of life, all they care about is, is controlling people. The people who are in charge of governments and stuff, all they care about is controlling people, making sure you do what they want they want you to do. I don't want to get too political and talk about Epstein's Island and all that crap. But once you get to a certain level of money, all they want is people. People are the most important thing. You can't have a business without people. You can't have a government without people. You don't have anything without people. So I don't see why you wouldn't have the people you're born with who share blood with and just do a handshake as men and say, okay, let's not fuck each other over. Let's get rich. Because now you're doubling your manpower, right? You're doubling up. So I think that I always was always close with my brother because, and he's always been close with me because we are a team and you need to have a team. And if you have a team, you stand a better chance. It's player versus player out here, man. It's on the street. It's not easy. For every dollar you make, for every pound you take, you took it from someone else. You don't make money. You take money. People don't understand the way that money works. You're not the Federal Reserve. You can't create money from thin air. Every single pound in your bank is money you took from someone else. And when I say take, I don't mean it in a negative way. You might have convinced them to give it to you. You might have a coffee shop. 
I'll give you a nice coffee. You'll give me some money. Cool. But you still took his money, yeah. right? So if you're out here trying to take stuff from other people, don't you want to have a team? You want to do it by yourself? You want to be Rambo? Because if I you mean, get two of you doing it. You get two then- of you, you. That's right. So the whole idea of this lone soldier, this Rambo, I'll do it all by myself. That's all dead, bro. You need to have a team. It's player versus player. And for the same reason, if you were out here on the street and you want to defend yourself, you want your boys around you. It's the same thing we're trying to get rich. Problem is, is trying to find is trying to find guys on your level. That's the hard part, right? So you and Tristan have always been close. Then we've always been close since the beginning. Every single battle either of us had to face, we faced as a team. Yeah. And our battle to become rich, we faced as a team. We sat there and go, okay, we we are going to get rich. It doesn't matter if I if right now I'm going to start this business and I ain't going to make any money. So you're going to work a wagey job, so we have somewhere to live, and I'm going to focus on this as a team, right? So at least we have somewhere to live. If I'm working wagey job, we can't focus on the business. If we're both trying the business, we have nowhere to live, mm-hmm. etc. So we've always worked as a team. We've doubled up our manpower. And I think a lot of men understand this and intrinsically would like the idea of this. But a lot of the time, women get in the way. I've seen it a million times, bro. I've seen women get in the way of, of partnerships like that so many times. Because um, women don't like you having a strong masculine network because then you don't need them. They want you to need them. I'll help you. I'll be your partner. Bro, that's the biggest mistake. Don't even get me started. Biggest mistake you can make as a man is start trying to start business with your wife or some shit. That's a headache. Why is that? Bro, I don't know who I'm going to offend or upset now, but this is how it goes. Because because now you've got two different battles. on the. you got the relationship you're trying to be in control of, and I got to deal with the business as well. Now, it's different if you run the business and you hire her, and she does a little bit of admin. Cool, that's fine. But I'm talking about, let's say... 50-50 business partners. Uh, yeah, let's say your chick goes, I want to open a beauty salon. And you pay for her to open a beauty salon. And now this beauty salon, you've put a million dollars of your money in it. And, and it's not open on a Thursday. You're like, why isn't it open on Thursdays? Oh, I had a headache. What do you mean you had a headache? Bro, I just spent a million. Yeah, but Claire's sick and I have a headache. And now you got the relationship. It's all messed up. This bitch is lazy. She thought it'd be a Sex in the City episode where she just drinks lattes and makes money. And she realized she had to actually do shit. You know what I mean? And it's all getting messy there. Whereas with your, when you're with your boys and you, let's say you invest a million in something, it's not open on Thursday. You can go around and say, what the fuck's wrong with you? Don't be a bitch. You, you, you're yeah, men. Yeah. You can just say, look, we need to open. You can't do that with chicks. It's hard. So even now I've got 45 people who work for me and not a single one is a female, not one. This episode is brought to you by Sunomosk. If you don't already know about Sunomosk, they have the greatest long-lasting perfumes and as you'll see later on in this episode, approved by the top G himself. They're also based all over the UK as well, so chances are you probably have a store right near you. And if not, they're also online based as well. My personal favourite is the most recent one they brought out, which is Golden Dust. So get your Sunomosk fix today and because they're sponsoring the episode of the top G himself, we'll use code TAKE15. How about that? So use code TAKE15 for 15% off of your purchase. The thing is, we're living in a society right now where there's, you know... Everyone's trying to live independently, right? Yep. Females, males, yep. everyone's trying to be hustlers, yep. both men and females and stuff like that. Yep. Would you say the rate of hustle is different between the male and the female? Well, women don't need money. This is the thing. I mean, there are women out there who say they need to get the bag and all this crap. I think it's a very masculine mindset for a female to have. Women don't really need money, not to the extent a man needs money. I, mean, I understand they need to live and they say it's expensive to get their nails done, blah, blah, blah. But they don't. they don't need a nice car. They don't need a nice place to even live. They don't need to pay for bottle bills or table spends or none of these things. They don't need any of that if they're attractive. So being attractive in and of itself is is a currency. I don't really, I don't know if this, this idea of ugly even then is warped because it, let's say a girl, right, goes to the gym every day. Her body is banging. Her hair is long and it's nice and it's maintained. Her, her nails are done. She's got a nice manicure. She's got sunglasses on. She's dressed up nice. She's got a little dress on. She's got heels on. She's walking down the street. It's hard to be ugly. Do you know what I mean? Like you might only be a six, 
but you're all right. Like, dudes still want you. Still bangable. You're still bangable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's very hard as a chick to become unbangable yeah. if you're trying your best. Unless you fully give up. Unless you give up. So I think the path for, because we have to not conflate and confuse issues here. What we're actually talking about is status. We're not talking about money. We're talking about status. Men want money because we want to be high status males. Females want to be high status females. They don't need money to do that. They can do that purely through their aesthetics. So if I was a woman, thank God I'm not, because I think I'd be a terrible existence. But if I was a woman, I would understand, okay, I want to be the highest status female I can. I need to, I need to look good. I need to look gorgeous and get a, a banging Instagram profile. I'm a high status now. Now billionaires want to talk to me. For a billionaire to want to talk to us, we need money. It's like the whole uh, Dubai portal party situation. Bruv, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you see, a, if there's a billionaire's boat, the chicks who get on that boat don't have to be anything other than pretty. That is it. For us to get on that boat, we have to be connected, important, rich, interesting. We've got to know people. We've got to network. It's hard. So what I'm saying is, if you're looking for status, whether as a male or a female, there's different paths. I don't think a rich female is a high status female. If you were to take a, 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 a woman who's unattractive, but she had a bunch of money, no one's going to look at her and go, wow, no one's going to give a shit. I don't care. She's busted. I'm not interested. I'm giving the 19-year-old brokey with the big titties. That's, that's, that's the one I want to talk to. So women can access money and women can access high-status men via their aesthetics. So I think that's a much more intelligent way for a female to increase her status. Now, I know this is going to upset everyone. People are going to be sitting there going, you're saying women are only good for how they look, blah, 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 all this other crap. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that women are judged instantly on how they look. Just like men are judged instantly on our status, how rich we are, the car we turn up in, the table we're sitting at. Yep. That's the real world. Now, maybe you have more than just some big tits. Maybe you're also a nice person. It's unlikely, but maybe you are. But that's but we're just talking about status games here, right? Yeah. So any woman who's dedicating herself to hustling instead of dedicating herself to the gym is making a mistake. You think, yeah. Why? why? Just get rich man. Get hot and get rich dude. Like, why? And they go, oh, yeah, but maybe he leaves you. He won't leave you unless you fuck it up. Just be quiet. It'll be fine. So you notice this. And transitioning it on, you started a webcam business, right? Yeah. So my first ever business, and people have the really wrong impression of this, but I've, I've explained it a lot of times on the internet and a, different, a bunch of other podcasts, so I won't give the really long story. But the first ever business I made a lot of money with was uh, a webcam company. So how that company started, I've told the story. It was a really long story. But basically, I uh, it's like the old chat lines. You used to have people on the phones, and guys used to call them up and speak to the chicks. That kind of modernized and changed to have uh, webcams, including video. So I identified this, and um, I knew some girls who wanted to make some money. So I was like, look, instead of working in Starbucks or doing this other admin crap, come do this. I'll pay you triple. And then we started that. And that grew into quite a big enterprise. Yeah, it, it, in the, across six months, I went from one girl up to about 10 or 11 girls. And we started doing three or 400000 a month through these online websites that had guys sitting there talking to girls. Mm. Now... I want to make this clear. The way I became so successful in that business was because of all the business lessons I had learned from other businesses I tried before, right? If I had not tried a bunch of other businesses and some made money, some didn't make money, etc., I don't think I would have been nearly as successful. I approached it very much like a business. I was not thirsty. I wasn't trying to sleep with the chicks. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be Dan Bilzerian. None of that kind of crap. It was very, very much a company. It was a business. It was super professional. It was handled in a very professional way. And I applied all the business lessons that I'd learned in my endeavors of the past. And we managed to make a whole bunch of money. The problem with a business like that is that there's a, a, a link in the chain, which is broken. Not broken. There's a link in the chain, which is always weak. Because you have me and you have the money. And there's something in the middle, which is unpredictable. And that's females. 
Got a bunch of women in the middle. Here's what it makes it hard. Ask. Here's what I wanted to ask about it though, yeah? Because I've got to ask this and I've got to bring it up as well. Most recently, there was allegations, right? Yep. To do with human trafficking and stuff yep. like that. Yep. And there was a video that went around of your house getting raided. Yeah, yeah. You and, uh, I think, was it Tristan as well? Who yeah, also yeah, went? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what was all that about? And, oh, we'll talk know. about that. So that's not even related to the webcam company, but that's actually a good thing to bring into now, right? Because females are completely and utterly unpredictable. Yeah. So because we live in Romania and because we used to have a webcam company, which we closed like six years ago, I don't even, I'm not even involved in that. Oh, you don't even anymore. have it anymore? No, 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 nothing okay. like that. So even though I'm not involved in it anymore, the actual story behind that is ridiculous. There was a girl from America who came to see Tristan. She was at our party, at our house. We had a big party. It was like 100 people there. Yeah. Her boyfriend caught her on Instagram. She said to her boyfriend, oh, no, I'm not at the party. Uh, I don't want to be here. Uh, I'll leave when I can and turned her phone off. And her boyfriend, somewhere in fucking Oklahoma, calls the American embassy in Romania and said, my girlfriend's been kidnapped. So then armed police roll up to our house looking for this chick. But this is the next day. She's already left. And at our house, we have full CCTV. So they came and they like came, arrested us. And was like, oh, they kidnapped this girl. The girl wasn't even in the house. And then they went through the CCTV and see her walking around eating pizza and get a taxi home. So yeah. they're like, oh, okay, sorry. And everything was dropped instantly. So that's just some stupid girl making up bullshit. But that that actually ties into to what I'm saying. The problem with, with the original business is you had me and the money and in between was women. And women are unpredictable and women are emotional. So yeah, I became an expert to a degree at managing females. But there was always that link that was upsetting me. I wanted to be closer to the money myself. Mm. And I learned a bunch of things from that business, which I've applied to other businesses, and, and I've made a lot of money. But truthfully, we're living in a world now where the two things that the webcam business really is selling is it's selling attention, which is the first thing. We live in an attention economy. And also it's selling information. It's selling, it's a service, right? It's not a physical product. So I sat there and I, I understood that even if I launched my webcam business, if I had a brand new girl, I have to, she has to get attention, right? People have to notice she exists to want to spend money on her. So you have to be an expert at soliciting attention. And then once you get the attention, you have to find a way to monetize it. So the yeah. girl would monetize it by sitting there talking away. You could advertise her and spend money. That's all advertising is, getting attention for money, right? Yep. So I understood a bunch of things. And when I closed that business, and I closed it because I couldn't be bothered with the female headache anymore, I still very much understood any business I'm going to launch from now on out, I need to find a way to get, to get attention. Not in a negative way, not in an attention-seeking way, but that's what advertising is. Yeah, how you do I get yourself out there? Yeah, how yeah. do I get attention in the in the world today, which is difficult? And then once I get that attention, how do I monetize it? Yeah, because that's the world we now live in. Rihanna, when she launches a makeup brand, no one buys it because of the makeup; they buy it because it's Rihanna. She has attention; she can monetize it any way she chooses. Rihanna can launch a fucking clothing brand, makeup, uh, sofas. Who cares? It's Rihanna. Yeah. She's gonna sell, right? So that proves that we now live in an economy, we live in a world where the most valuable currency, the most valuable thing that exists is attention. It's extremely difficult to get because people's attention spans are lower than ever. Yep. Especially ever, bro, 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 they're non-existent. Have you ever watched someone on TikTok? Watch. Next time someone's on TikTok, watch them because I don't have a TikTok account myself, but I see people on it. How long do they give a video to interest them? Uh, maybe a third of a second? They're like, not interested enough, move on. Bro, that quick. If you don't get my attention and not 0.25 seconds, I'm not interested, right? That's how hard it is now. So, and it's getting harder and harder because the apps and the algorithms are retraining our brains to do that. Yep. So now we live in a world where if you can find a way to hack these algorithms and you can find a way to get attention, and there's lots of different ways to do that, then you can find a way to monetize it. And off the back of that, you can become a very, very wealthy individual.
See, right. this is where for me, it's, as you say that, it's clicking more and more in my head with Hustlers University, realizing that, you know, to make to monetization and attention syncs together. Yep. That's why there's so many clips of Andrew Tate on TikTok. Um, and so I was, I was speaking about this with one, some, one of my guys, yeah? And um, basically we were discussing the fact that if you join Hustlers University, one of the things that you teach us to do, I don't know if you allow me to say it, yep. is affiliate marketing, right? Yep, yep, yep. So one of the things that people can do is get a referral code for someone else to join Hustlers University. Yep. And that's why they're making TikToks because if you check the pinned comment on there, yep. it says join Hustlers University with this referral code. Correct. So and so like that. Correct. Yeah. So inside of Hustlers University, we have 18 modern wealth creation methods. So we teach how to make money 18 different ways. And when I say modern wealth creation methods is because a lot of the wealth creation methods that you're going to hear from older people simply don't work anymore. Such as property. Uh, Yeah, property. I mean, of course, the old guy is going to sit there and go, save your money, put it in a savings account, get a mortgage. Bro, of course that worked for you. You were putting money in a savings account, getting 4% interest. Now they won't even give us 1%. You're putting your money in the savings account. You bought a house for 85 grand. Now it's worth half a mil. And and at the time you bought it for 85 grand, you were probably earning 30 grand a year. Yeah. Now I'm earning 40 grand a year. The house is cost 10 times more. I get no interest on my money. So everything you're telling me is outdated. It doesn't work anymore. If you're going to follow the path that your parents followed, you're not going to ever become rich. You need modern ways to make money, modern wealth creation. And I won't say what all 18 are, but we teach them inside of Hustlers University because there are ways to make money in the modern world, which no one in your school is going to teach you, which none of the older people are going to know they're going to talk about. There's a lot of ways to do it. And one of them is monetizing attention. So what you just said in regards to the affiliate section is one of the 18 ways. I have, there's a 16 year old kid making 45 grand a month from his TikTok because all he's done is he's gone in, into Hustlers University, he's joined. He say, okay, how do I get attention? I'm 16. I'm not a flawless orator. I don't have a, a life or life experiences which are interesting enough to be used in a podcast which are going to ever allow people to pay attention to me. Yep. But Tate does. So let me go and find all of Tate's old stuff. Let me chop it up. Let me make a TikTok for Tate. That gets attention. How do I monetize attention? Now people are on my page. How do I monetize it? Well, I can take my referral link. I'm in HU. Here, they can sign up, get 50% off my link. Boom. So he's taking attention the attention that I generate, it all he's done is t- chop up some TikTok clicks, monetize it, and he's making 45 grand a month, do 16. That's money. Bro, so like, it's crazy. So there's so much money that can be made, but you have to find a way to get attention in the first place, right? That's that's the hard part. And if you look at a lot of companies, so many of them have huge profit margins, but they have to spend all their money on advertising to sell any product, and then the margin gets wrecked because they have to get attention the old-fashioned way, which is advertising. And that's a very expensive way to get attention. You need to find another way now. It's, yeah. it, and it's difficult. That's, that is the only hurdle between being broke and being a billionaire. Attention. How do you get it without embarrassing yourself and being a jackass? Because no one buys from a clown, right? Mm-hmm. So me, I'm lucky because I've had a very, very eclectic life. And I'm, I'm good at speaking. And I have a good memory. And I have a lot of stories. And I can sit and tell people and I can talk in a way that make people know I know what I'm talking about. So that's how I get attention, right? Yeah. But if, if you don't even have that, then it's, it's difficult. It's hard. You got to find a way. But yeah, that's what Hustlers University is all about. And we teach people how to monetize attention. And we have 17 other ways to make money. And now we have, as of this, and I'll check right now. I think we have 64,000 students. 64. I think I was watching an emergency meeting uh, or clip of it or something like that. I think you said at the time it was 32,000. 64,835 students. Yeah, mad. And, and what's impressive about that is not that I've managed to attract 64,000 people to join Hustlers University. The fact that they're staying. It's the fact they're staying. The fact they're staying means that there's 64,000 people making more money each month than they pay. 
It's only $49 a month, right? So there's 64,000 people who I have successfully taught to make more than they've invested. Mm -hmm. No school, no business school, no university will guarantee you month on month you make out more than you put in. None. Only mine. And I don't exist in a vacuum. The educational system exists in a vacuum because the loans that they'll give you, you can only spend on that education. If they were to open it up to fair market, nobody would go university. If they were to say, here's 50 Gs, you can buy Bitcoin, you can start a business, you can put a house deposit, or you can buy a degree. Who's going to choose a degree? No one. So they deliberately link the loan to the education and say you can only have one with the other because then not, they don't exist in a fair and open economy because they wouldn't be able to succeed in a fair and open economy because they are selling a scam. They're selling a lie. I exist in a fair and open economy. You don't, you don't have, if you spend $49 with HU, you can spend that on anything else. You can go buy Snickers. But on the contrary to that, you let me go ask buy you Netflix. Let me ask you this, yeah, because in the UK, a lot of people see course sellers as scammers instantly. Whether the course is good or not, yeah. people always say scammers, yeah. And there's some videos I saw about Hustlers University, people thinking it's a scam or it's not. Yeah. So the argument I would have for you is, What's in it for you? Like, what do you gain from having a hostage university? Because you. you're rich already. So what difference does it make? That's right. So firstly, there's always going to be somebody who thinks it's a scam. And man, people are saying Bitcoin's a scam. People are saying, like, the people are saying some of the most fundamental, rudimentary, new financial systems on the planet, like the blockchain, are a scam. There's always someone who's going to say something's a scam. There are some people who are negative. And the reason that people are negative like that is because it is a disguise for their laziness. If they say something's a scam, they don't have to try. Yeah. Right? If they have to, I'm not saying HU is going to instantly make you rich. You have to work like you do on anything else of value. You have to get in there and try. If they get in there and they don't want to try, what's the first thing they're going to say? Scam. I joined. He told me to do something. It takes an hour and a half. I'm lazy. Scam. That's it. That 16-year-old kid making 45 grand, he's making TikToks all day, every day. He's working. Like, he ain't getting money for free. He's yeah. sitting there finding videos, chopping them up, making them entertaining, adding the fucking titles. That he's working for but The it. thing is, like we were going back to earlier, people ain't got the attention span. People ain't got anymore. the attention span to work anymore, yeah. right? So there's always going to be somebody who says it's a scam. The fact that we retain 64,000 people proves it's not a scam. Yeah. The reason I started it is very, very simple. I think that, I mean, I don't want to sit here and pretend I'm a philanthropist because I'm not. Obviously, I benefit from having this university. It's a very valuable company. It makes a lot of money, right? So why wouldn't I want to run one? But also, it doesn't detriment me. I don't think that some rich people, maybe they believe that there's not much money in the world and they don't want other people to be rich. I completely see it the other way. I see it that there is so much money everywhere and even I can't get it all. So I want as many people around me as possible to be rich because now I'm at least around more money. If I, if I send a message inside of HU and said, I want to raise $100 million, amongst my students themselves, I can do it. Mm. I've got my own venture capital firm now. I was like, boom, all right, $100 million, let's buy a yacht. Here, dish it up, bang, 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 done. Yeah. Because all of them are making money. I want to know as many people with money as possible. So if I know a way to teach people how to make money, and I'll also make money for teaching them how to make money, and I now have people who I can talk to so I have access to the money they make, why would I not teach them how to make money? Now, the reason no one else has really done this is because I don't think anyone else knows how to make money as well as I do. And also, nobody else can really prepare and build a platform like we have or do the work it takes. HU was extremely difficult to launch. It's not easy to find 18 professors who know what they're talking about, build an online platform, then you need the payment gateways. And then even when all that's done, then you've got to find a way to get people to join. you got to advertise it. I don't have to advertise anything because I'm top G, everyone knows. But it's, it's difficult, right? So we don't even have any competition. There's nowhere else on the internet you can go and spend $49 and sit for an entire month learning from 18 millionaires how to make money. There's nowhere else on the planet. No. It's the only place. So we have no competition. So we're, we're, we're about to conquer the world. We're about to conquer the world. 
and that's a good thing. And you said his value's at what now? Three hundred million. You said right. Well, let's let's do some basic math, right? So as of this morning, what, what do we say? Six sixty four thousand eight hundred fifty three. Yep. So sixty four thousand eight hundred fifty three times forty nine dollars a month. So that's three point one million a month. Okay. It generates. Yeah. That's all profit. It's an online platform. No so what's that a year? Three times twelve is thirty six million a year. So, and then if you're going to put a multiplier on a business, there's different ways you can do it. If you're going to do a four, you can do a four times multiplier, et cetera, et cetera. But tech companies usually get an eight times multiplier and it's usually an eight times multiplier of the, of the turnover, not even the profit. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's my turnover, but my turnover and profit, the same thing. <laughs> so it's easy to value at a 10 X, right? <clears throat> Which is 36 times 10 is 360 or yeah. an eight X is 300. That's crazy. But I'm never going to sell it because I won't sell it because it's mine. One, two, I don't need money. And three, I don't trust anyone else to teach the things that Actually, the things we're teaching actually work. It's not going to be some vanilla bullshit, right? It actually works. And I also think like a lot of these people, a lot of these wealth gurus and crap online, they don't teach shit that really, really works. A lot of them also just teach mindset because mindset is an easy cop out. They'll sit there and go, I'll teach you how to be rich with mindset. They'll just tell you to be mindset, mindset, mindset. And you'll be like, at the end of it, you'll be like, all right, cool. Where's the money? <laughs> I'm ready now. I'm positive, G. How do I get paid? Right? We don't do any of that. We're like, okay, here's how you get paid today. Do this. And there's people who are in there who think they're too smart to listen and they don't make any money. And then there's 16 year olds who join humbly. I don't know shit. I trust Top G. You said make TikToks safe. Boom, boom. And he's making, he's buying his mama house. Yeah. So like, it's all about, it's all about that. A lot of, a lot of people with no money are, are, are really, really arrogant. I know a lot of broke people who are very arrogant. They'll come along and go, I think that's a scam. Oh, do you, Brokey? Oh, Brokey thinks it's a scam. Oh, tell me again about how my online educational platform, the biggest in the world, which I've built when I'm flying around in my private jet. Tell me again about how I'm out here to scam you of your fucking 36 pounds. <laughs> it's dumb because they're arrogant and their arrogance is a shield for their laziness. People will, people will shield laziness with anything. No one wants to admit they're lazy. So they'll shield it with disbelief. Ah, that's a scam. Or I don't work hard. I work smart. Bollocks. More, more cover. For just anything it takes to say, do you I don't want to work. Do you believe in that? Work smart or not harder? I believe in both. Yeah. But there's a time when it comes to work smart. And most people are trying to do the smart work before they do the hard work. It's kind of like talent, right? You don't notice if you're talented at something until all the hard work's done. Yep. I could be the most talented tennis player in the world, but I don't play tennis. So if I go down the tennis court, Joe Schmo is going to smoke me. I don't get to see my talent until I've worked so hard that I'm in the top 1% and now I'm beating them because I have some God-given gift. Yeah. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do the hard work first. If there's no hard work, there's no smart work. So someone's going to sit there and go, I work smart, I don't work hard, so I only have to work an hour a day. If working smart gets you a lot done in an hour a day, then you should work smart for 12 hours a day and yeah. get 12 times the work done. I, I am absolutely and utterly a believer in hard work. I'm a proponent of hard work. I have all this money and all I do is work. My entire life is work. This podcast is work. I'm getting in the car. I'm going to another meeting. Work. I'm going to fuck a bitch. That's work. She's going to be on my arm at the fucking can on the, at the film festival. That's more credibility. I consider it work to fuck her. That's work. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym so I'm in good shape. Work. It's all work. My entire life is work. And people don't want to look at life that way. They want to talk about work-life balance and being lazy and all this crap. I don't believe in any of that. I believe in if you want to win, you have to outcompete the man who's prepared to do nothing but work. It's player versus player. If you're going to sit there and go, I don't want to work more than an hour a day, well, the guy who does want to work more than an hour a day is going to beat you. 
And no matter how smart you are, there's always a smart dude who's doing the same smart work you are for more hours than you're doing it. That's just the nature of the game. Mm. And this is why we talk about things like passive income. Passive income's a fucking scam. I'm tired of people, I'm tired of people coming to me saying, I want to make passive income. And I sit there and say, What methods of passive income would you say is a scam? It's not about it's not about it being a scam. It's about the mentality towards it is a scam. I'm look, everyone loves passive money, right? I make money as I sleep. Yep. I get it. You, you need to de-link your time to your money because if you're only working for money, you run out of time, you can't make enough money. I understand all those principles. My point is, if you have no money and you're coming to me saying, I want to make passive income, why are you not making active income? Get up off your ass and work first. Because there's no such thing as completely, truly 100% passive. You're going to have to check on it. You have to maintain it. You're going to have to find a new tenant for that property. You're going to have to make sure that DeFi crypto farm you're in doesn't go to zero. It's not a rug pull. Yeah. You're always going to have to keep an eye on it, right? But the idea that people with no money are already so concerned with making money without work is amazing to me. You should be worried about active income. If you show me, if I'm a brokey and you show me how to make $1,000 an hour, I don't sit there and go, okay, but how can I make that passive? I go, cool, I'm making $18,000 a day because I'm going to work. You don't need to worry about passive income until you have no more time. I look at passive income because I have 18 hours a day I work. When all 18 of those hours are done and my workload still isn't finished, I have to find a way to make some of those income streams passive, either via staff or whatever else. Yep. And that's how I work smart. I use all of my time. And when all my time is done, now I have to become more efficient yep. so that I can get more done within the same time frame. To sit there and say, I don't want to use my time, so I want passive income is dumb, at, is dumb shit. The 16-year-old making 45 grand a month. If he was to sit to me and go, I don't want to make the TikToks. I want someone else to do it, make it passive. That he wouldn't be making any money. He's just working. You have to just work. Some point you have to bite the bullet and just work. So when someone comes to me talking about passive income and they're a brokey, I'm like, you are just lazy. You are lazy. You will never get anywhere. Lazy people never get anywhere in life. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's tennis or money. If you're lazy, you're never gonna get there. That's how it works. See, that's what motivates me. Telling people straight. How it's it true, is. <laughs> but it's fucking true, bro. They're lazy. And another thing about people is they're quitters. I can't stand quitters. Uh, we have a thing inside Hustlers University. If someone if someone unsubscribes, I ban them. Is it? Yeah, you're not allowed you to. Re you're not allowed to rejoin. Yeah, and they email me like, "Oh, sorry, I had a problem with my card. I want to rejoin." Da, da, da. I don't need members. I got money. I do not need your membership. I do not need you. It's not yeah. a business where we need you. You need us, right? So if you're gonna kind of person who's gonna quit because it's hard, then fuck off. I don't even want your energy around me because quitters are the worst people on the planet. You can give a quitter absolutely everything and they will still fail. Mm. You can give it. Doesn't matter what it is. If you go to IKEA and buy a flat pack fucking table and put it in front of a quitter you will never have a table he'll look at it and it's long and he'll quit quitters can have every single advantage quitters can have all the information quitters can have all the tutelage quitters can have a, a mentorship quitters can have someone who messages them every morning hey bro let's get it and guess what they're gonna do at the end quit quit <laughs> they ain't never gonna have shit so if you're a quitter, I don't even want you in, even inside my organization. I don't want quitters anywhere near me because you're never going to be successful. And the people who join and then quit because they had to do an hour's work are the people who come along and go, take this, or maybe it's a scam. Idiots. Peons. They will stay brokies and wages forever. Leave them there. Right? You need the people who don't quit. I don't quit. Every single facet of my life is testament to the fact that I don't quit. When people see my plane in the sky, you can you can say whatever you want about me. You can call me arrogant. You can call me anything you want, but you cannot call me a quitter. I didn't quit. So that's the difference. When it was hard, I did it anyway. That's who I've always been. And if you don't have that kind of tenacity, you're never going to be anything. So the people who come along talk about passive income, they sound like quitters to me. They sound like people who don't want to work. I love work. 
I'm ready to work. I'll dig a hole. You, bro, you offer me a billion dollars right now and give me a shovel, I'll dig a hole. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> give me the shovel, give me the money. I will dig a hole. I'm not afraid of work. One of the hustles that I want to move to that you've been involved in is casinos, right? Yeah. So I was watching a podcast and you overheard the someone in the UFC or the Romanian UFC saying that they made $18 million a day for, in the casinos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't own casinos. Yeah, so yeah, I've, I, I have a, 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 a stake in some casinos in Bucharest. COVID came along and made that a bit difficult. Yep. But that's another reason why you have to diversify, right? So I'm involved in the casino business. I'm involved in a bunch of businesses. But that's why you have to diversify because COVID came along and wrecked a whole bunch of businesses. But then also it made others a whole ton of money. Mm -hmm. That's another thing about making money and networking and that kind of thing. Once you can diversify, it's amazing. So they say don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's half true. If you have something and it's working, yeah, focus on it, make a bunch of money, but then you need to diversify and make yourself anti-fragile, yep. which I'm glad I did. So the casino business, it's kind of it's kind of new. It's it's a few years old, but I can't say much about it because we had a two and a half year gap where they closed everything. <laughs> so we just started again. So, But at that time, also, crypto went to the moon. So I threw like 2 million in Bitcoin, went up to 20 million, whatever it went up to. Yeah. Right? So that's how it works. You got to have a, a, lot, a lot of pans in the fire and, and you'll be okay. So yeah, I've got the casino business running. I've got a few things running. Um, got the war room as well, which is something else that we can talk about later on. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff going on, but also diversification becomes very easy when you have a good team. It's amazing. Every single thing I talk about ties back to things we've already talked about before. We talked about having good people around you, right? So how can I run all these casinos while I'm not even there? Well, I've got people around me who can do things for me. I've got a good team of people. If you start with a good team, you're going to make it. That's really true. Brother, brotherhood in and of itself is so valuable. If you sit around with 20 people and none of them are lazy and none of them are snakes, you're going to be fine. So you need to have people you can, you can, you know, send, give work. This guy's in charge of this thing. That guy's in charge of this Delegate thing. Delegate people, different roles, different Absolutely. tasks. Absolutely. You got to have a team. You got to have a network. And, and my network is so strong. That's one of the big advantages I have. I have people around me who I can genuinely, seriously trust. I want to ask you something, yeah? Sure. What's the, everyone always asks about best advice you've ever received, right? Yeah. What's the worst advice anyone's ever given you? Good question. I've seen a lot of bad advice on the internet. What's the worst advice anyone's ever given me personally? I never really listened to anybody. So, so it's hard for me to talk about advice because I never listened to it. The traditional, the traditional path to wealth is terrible advice. To go to university, get a degree, get a job, blah, blah, blah. That's terrible advice. We already know that. We talked about that. I think follow your passion is also a ter terrible piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. The, people say, hey, man, you need to find your, what you're passionate about and do that. And what they're trying to say is only do what you like because you have no motivation to do anything else. And motivation in, in and of itself is a scam. I don't believe in motivation. I believe in discipline. I am not motivated to do the things I'm supposed to do every day. I don't wake up full of like joy that I have to go to the gym or that I have to work or got to deal with crap. I don't feel motivated to do them. I'm disciplined. I do them regardless of how I feel. Whether I'm in the mood to do it or I'm not in the mood to do it, it gets done. That's discipline. Discipline's a real thing. Motivation is fleeting. Yeah. You're never going to be permanently motivated. So when someone comes along and says, oh, do what you're passionate about, what they're saying is you'll have endless motivation and then you'll be able to try hard. If you're the kind of person who can only try hard at something he enjoys, then you're going to fail because most things you enjoy don't pay any money. If they paid money, you wouldn't enjoy them it's called a job, right? Nobody likes their job. You like your hobby. I'm sure you like playing video games. Maybe 1%, 0.1% can make money from video games, right? Most people, you ain't ever going to make it. Yeah. Do you think the guy in China who owns a concrete plant is passionate about concrete? Do you think he's sitting there stroking it at night, <laughs> naked in bed? Fuck no. It's money. 
Be passionate about success. If you're passionate about money, then you can be passionate about anything. I'll be passionate about any business on earth that pays me. If you pay me a billion dollars to dig that hole, I'll be very passionate about that hole. I will dig that hole with passion for the cash. Yeah, because you know the cash. For the money. Yeah. That's right. So when people come along and say, oh, you need to find something you're passionate about, follow your passion. Bro, you're going to follow your passion to the fucking food bank. You're never going to make any money that way. You have to sit there and go, what is going to pay me? And, and I often talk, there's another thing we teach inside of Hustles University and also the war room. The war room is a network I have, which is a level above HU. Mm-hmm. Everything I've talked about with brotherhood and people you can trust and capable people, that's what the war room is. The war room are people who have come along and we've all agreed, very much like me and Tristan have a relationship, is 2,100 men now in 72 countries. And we've all basically signed a contract. We're brothers now. So I have... 15 businesses operate inside of there. Businesses are opening all the time. No one's ever been snaked. No one's ever been robbed. It's just 2,100 guys making money all around the world. We're doing everything you can possibly imagine, bro, from selling from selling olive oil to private jets. You name it. We got it all going on. So this is serious. It's very much like the Freemasons, but cooler. <laughs> yeah? So that's the war room. So we got the brotherhood aspect as well. But yeah, it's it's... It's it's all about people. It's all about network. That's that's the truth about the truth. You want to ask you, yeah? There's a lot of clips of you, you know, giving stories of where in scenarios anyone else would have died, something like that. There was a story on Tate's Beach, right, where you're driving the 911. Yeah, yeah. Some guy in a, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. super fast comes past. Yeah, yeah. If anyone else was driving, they would have died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where does this killer survival instinct from Tate come from? I think the world is a violent place. I think there's violence all around us. I think that I view the world in a violent way. And I, I don't mean that in a negative context. I say a lot of things and people take them as negative, but I see them as positive, right? Mm. Like I say I'm an angry person and people imagine me to be like unhappy. Yeah. I'm super happy, but I'm angry. Angry is motivating to me. You can't sleep if you're angry, so you, you better work, right? So I'm an angry guy, but I'm a happy guy. And I see the world as a violent place. I've always seen it as a violent place. If, if, you, if most people look at a tree, they see a beautiful tree, right? If I look at a big, strong, beautiful tree, I think he must have fucked up every other little sapling around him. He, he took all the water, took all the nutrients. He destroyed them all. There was once 20 trees and all 19 are dead. And they got one tree left. The big G. Top G tree. One, one. Top tree. <laughs> Tate. <laughs> That's it. That's violence. Violence got him there. Right? He destroyed his enemy. That's how he got to the top. You see a beautiful tree. I see violence. You understand? Yeah. And that's the, that's the true nature of the universe. You have to learn that you, you have to take things from other people and by taking it i'm not saying go rob a bank i'm not saying that i'm saying completely the opposite you can be a philanthropist i'm taking money from everyone inside of hu but i'm changing their lives it's a good thing you can take money in a positive way most people don't look at the light look at life that way and when you look at life that way you need to start identifying one of the things we teach inside of hu is to identify every single time your money is taken from you so i say this to people i say for the next two weeks Every time you spend money, even if it's a pound, write down how they got it from you. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, all right, cool. You're walking down the street. You're going to Starbucks. You buy a coffee. Why did they take your money? Well, I wanted coffee. Yeah, but how? Okay, you wanted coffee, right? Cool. Did you only want a coffee because you saw Starbucks or did you want a coffee beforehand? Why did you want their coffee and not another coffee? Did you buy a cake as well? Why did you buy a cake? All right, cool. So now you identified how they took your money. Then realize how they could have took more of your money. You bought a cake, but you didn't buy a sandwich. Why? The sandwiches weren't on display or they looked cold or they looked rubbish. Or the woman who was serving me was old and ugly. Maybe she was a young cutie and talked to me about bologna sandwiches or bought one, right? So you need to start identifying how your money is taken from you. Mm. Because once you identify how your money is taken from you, you can start to actually intelligently think about how you can take money from other people. If I had to open a, uh, a coffee shop, 
If, if I sit in a coffee shop, right? If I sit in Starbucks, the whole time I'm in there, not only am I thinking about how they got the money from me and how much I spent, I'm thinking about how I could outcompete them. I'd sit there and go, okay, cool. I'm in Starbucks. I spent five pounds, 68. I got a latte and I got a donut and I'm sitting here. And that business place, that, that, that commercial property right across the street is available for lease. How could I outcompete this coffee shop, which just took my money? What's the profit margin on this five pound 68? How much did this cost them? The coffee, pennies. Donut, 30p maybe, mm. right? How much is the staff? They pay the staff minimum wage, eight pound an hour. So I've already paid half. I've already paid 30 minutes work from that brokey, the wage. Yeah. She's there for another 30 minutes for free, right? How much is the rent? How much is the business rates? If I had to open up there, how would I attract people to come into my shop as opposed to their shop? They got a big brand name. I'm brand new. Okay, well, the bitch working here is ugly. My one's going to be hot. Boom, that's the beginning. Next thing, do they have any signage outside? No, I'm going to try and put some signage outside. Do they have parking? No, I need parking. But you need to start thinking about how you can convince people to give you their money as opposed to giving it to the places they already give it. Different analytics. And, and, and once you do that, people say, I can't think of how to make money. If you start doing that for a year and just keep a notepad, you'll have 100 ideas of how to make money. You'll sit there and go, there's a place here that's doing this and we could do it better this way. This place online is doing this, we can do it better this way. And then, and then to get them all done, what do you need? Network. You need people. It's all about people. Then you need to either go in the war room if you want to join or have your people around you and say, okay, we can make money with this. Who's going to do it? Who's not lazy? Who's going to up at 4 a.m. tomorrow? Mm. Boom. Let's get it done. So there's unlimited ways to make money, but most people go through life and their money is taken from them and they don't even identify how it got, how they got tricked out of it. They're just happy did, with it. Yeah, they just have, how did I spend 16 grand in Cirque last night? Oh, because my ass got drunk. How'd they get me drunk? Well, because the guy, when I first bought the first bottle of champagne, was there on the table, pouring, 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 putting it in my hand, got money drunk, then I spent 16 grand on bottles. That's how they got my money. So if I open a club, I had to make sure when people first come in, they get fucking hammered. Nobody thinks about it that way. Nobody thinks, how did they get that out of me? Right? Why am I spending $2,000 for dinner in Novikov? Is it the food or is it the fact that I'm in Novikov and tag myself in Novikov? You, you have to identify how you're getting famoosed, how you're getting finessed. That's how you that's that's how you do it. But most people just walk through life getting finessed left, right, and center, giving all their money up. <laughs> and they're like, oh, how did that happen? You gotta to learn to finesse other people. Yeah, but it's not finessing in a negative way. It's in a good it's, way. It, it's a good way. You have to take money from other people. That's the only way you're gonna make money. Yeah. You have to take it. There's a there's a pimp, and he said a really intelligent line. He said, Business is just other people's money. That's all business is. I want to start a business. So you want other people's money. <laughs> that's what you want. So how are they gonna give it to you? You have to think about it. Nobody thinks about it. And the easiest way to think about it is to think how you're giving yours away. That's, that's, a, that's a mental model you should adopt. Yeah. And you'll end up with loads of business ideas. Businesses, business ideas are, are everywhere. It's just execution, which is difficult. You know what? Going back to what we said earlier about the survival instinct here, yeah? at the end of the day, the way I see it is, um, and this, this relates to Islam as well, yeah? I'm yep. a Muslim. Yep. At the end of the day, when day judgment comes and all that stuff, everyone, yep. it's every man for themselves, essentially, right? Yeah. Am, am I right in saying that? Yeah, every man for themselves, and that's where that comes through. You're, so you're prepared for that. Yeah. And I saw in clips as well that you've got understanding and sort of respect for Islam. So a, I wanna, a massive respect for it. I have I a massive respect that. for Islam because they have principles which they refuse to bend on. And we live in a world now where every single principle is being constantly bent and broken. Yeah. And I like to see uh, a fundamental, or I like to see a mental model which will, which is rigid. Yeah. There's nothing left rigid anymore. The law isn't rigid. Christianity isn't rigid. Like the only thing you can sit there and say you, they will not bend or they will not break is Islam. So I have absolute respect for them because it's just it's just a man. It's just a a, a a masculine imperative. It's just a masculine mindset to have. And as a man, I respect people who say what they mean, mean what they say. Those are the rules. Oh, you don't like it? Tough. And and besides Islam, there's not much of that left in the world now. Yeah. Now everything's just bending and breaking, and they're just making it up. Yeah. Like I, I think Christianity is a joke. 
I think it's a, it's a joke of a religion. If, if someone were to ask me my religion, I would have to say, if I, if I was to find God, it would have to be via Islam because how am I going to go to a Christian church when they got gay pastors and shit? The Bible says no, and you're just ignoring it. What is this? It's not even a thing. Like to me, it's a, it's a joke of a religion now. I think it's a joke. So if you're gonna if you're gonna bend all your own rules, if you're gonna be tolerant of everything and stand for nothing, then I don't think you have anything. It's just like people are getting onto the I think it's the what is it the president of Qatar because he's not allowing gay pride or flags or anything yeah. to be shown in the World Cup. Yeah. Right. So what do you what's your opinion on you know people expressing their their communities for example? My opinion my LGBT. opinion is that you're in Qatar. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about in general though. Yeah. In general, people expressing their their you know happiness for gay yeah, pride and the, stuff the, like that. The problem is, and I don't want to come across as homophobic, and I want to get this video taken down either. But the the <laughs> problem is, is that a lot of these things are not what people think they are. Mm. There are people who think so surface level. The people inside the matrix think surface level. They sit there and think this is only about accepting uh, uh, what gay people want to do. I don't care what gay people want to do. I'm not homophobic. I don't give a shit what you want to do. It's not about that. What's actually happening is that the new world order and people who are in charge of the world are using certain agendas mm. to enforce, to enforce. They're, they're using them as a, as a disguise to enforce hidden, hidden things. You understand? It's like the green new deal. They come along and say global warming, global warming, global warming. They pretend it's about the planet, but really it's about just raising taxes to the sky, locking you in your house and taking your car away. They don't give a shit about the planet. It's a disguise. So the people who are in charge of the world are using certain agendas, which they don't want you to argue against, to sneak in a bunch of other legislation, and a bunch of other rules. And the whole pro-gay acceptance thing is exactly the same. It's nothing to do with gays. The people who are in charge of the world don't care about anyone but themselves. They don't care about you, whether you're gay or straight. They're not interested. What they're interested in doing is controlling the minds of people and affecting the way people operate in a way which is beneficial to them. Mm. I don't want to get too political on this podcast and say what they're really doing because the video will get taken down. But anyone who has a brain who wants to go and find out, you will find out that all this green agenda they're pushing has nothing to do with the environment. All this gay stuff they're pushing has nothing to do with gay people. It's all to do with control. The people who are in charge of the world want more control. If they gave a shit about global warming and rising sea levels, why does every single multimillionaire and billionaire buy a house on the beach? It's the first place they buy their mansion. I thought we're all going to drown next year. It's bollocks, bro. It's a lie. It's all a lie. They don't care. But by saying that, now there's carbon credits, carbon limits. You can't drive your car past 8 p.m. because of the environment. You can't eat meat anymore because of the environment. Stay home. Eat the bugs. Be a slave. Be a slave. Be a slave. Every single government in the world is interested in control. That's all they've ever wanted. That's all they ever want more of. Governments want control. They want to control their populace. They think of us as sheep. We're cattle to them. They want us to comply. They don't want our individuality. They don't want us to think for ourselves. They want us to just sit there and obey like robots. So every single one of them is slowly inching day by day, pushing the limits, taking as much control as they can from the people to the people revolt. Mm -hmm. And if they do it slowly and incrementally, they get away with a lot. And that's what they're doing. And they're all inching towards communism, which is what they want at the end because communism is the governmental system that allows them the most control over the world. People sit there and go, oh no, the governments don't want communism. The governments want free enterprise because governments want money and governments want you, uh, uh, everyone to be rich and they want people to be wealthy. This is beyond money. The, the people in charge of the world print the money. They don't care about, about money. They don't care about economies. They don't care about taxes. All these things are brokey cons considerations. When you print the money, do you think you give a shit if the economy is good or bad? You print the money. You don't care. What you care about is when you click your fingers, do people obey you? That's what they want. They want power. Power, yeah. That's what it's really about. The whole world is about power. So when, when, when someone comes on TV and tells me I'm supposed to believe something, 
You need to believe this about the planet. You need to believe this about the gays. You need to believe this about this virus. You need to believe this. I sit there and I look at it and go, why do you want me to believe this? Do you think yeah. why it's a lot and 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 sorry sorry to, uh, you got no. me started now sorry bro <laughs> yes, but cool. it's like why do you want me to believe this do you want me to believe this because it's good for me or is it because it's good for you are the rules made for the benefit of me or are they made for the benefit of the people who make the rules and you sit there and you understand that all of it is programming all of it is a lie they want you to believe things that are not true like go to university get in debt sit there you know, learn or get a degree that they want you to believe all this crap so that you are as enslaved as they can make you. This is all they want. And I understand that. So whenever they come along with anything, this is not, uh, this is not about gay people as a, as a, as a whole. Don't give a shit. Any agenda they try and push on me. I know is not for my benefit. <laughs> I know it. So I, I, so I reject basically all of it. I was going to say, do you think that people expressing mental health and uh, depression is part of that? Mental health and depression I've got, I've is an interesting. I've got a conspiracy one. theory behind this one as well. All right. Well, mental yeah, mental health and depression is an interesting one because, like, you look at Tyson Fury, right? How can you not respect the heavyweight champ, mm. Gypsy King, G, right? And he was talking about how he was depressed and how he, he fought his way out of it and everything. Huge respect for the guy. He was depressed, and the only way he fought and beat his depression was one day he got up, grabbed himself by the bootstraps, got in the gym, became back, became the champ again brought himself back to the former champion he was. Mm -hmm. He did it himself, right? And I think that that's really the only way any of these things can be beaten. I think if I were to talk to Tyson or Tyson were to talk to anybody, he'd say the same thing. He'd say, look, end of the day, even if you're struggling, it's you that's going to have to get up and get the work done and change your life. I think that a lot of the help, which is being purported now by the system, by the matrix, isn't designed to help. I think it's designed to keep people in this state of depression because when you're depressed, you're submissive. You don't care about what happens to you if you're depressed. Depressed people aren't going to riot against a new law or against COVID tyranny because they're depressed. They're too busy. They're at home and they're sad. Mm. I think that keeping everybody in a, a degree of semi-neutral depression, semi-sad, is good for their ability to control all of us. So when they go on the TV and say, you're depressed, it's a disease, you can't fix it, there's nothing you can do about it, it's not your fault. I think they're just trying to reinforce in your mind that you're never going to get better. I think if they really cared, they'd say, like Tyson Fury says, you're depressed, but you can beat this. You can do this. I don't hear them saying that very often. They just sit there and say, everyone's depressed and it's normal. Accept it. And I don't accept that. I don't accept that. I don't think people should sit there and accept that they're sad. Change it. I think only you can change it. That's what I believe. I'll save my um, my theory for off camera. Yeah, all right. No. <laughs> we don't, don't, we don't like Tyson turn up here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. So why would you want this? You know, there might be times where you're on holiday, for example, in Dubai, they don't allow you to go on some sort of websites, even some basic things like WhatsApp. Well, when you connect to ExpressVPN, which I have done before, it works perfectly fine, just as it should. And not only that, but ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I've got ExpressVPN running. It's so seamless that you will never know it's anything. Literally, all you got to do is tap one button and you're protected and the benefit is it's on all devices as well so whether on your phone your laptop your tablet your smart tv whatever the case may be there's no excuse for you not to be using it so what are you waiting for protect your online activity today using the vpn rated number one by business insider so visit my exclusive link expressvpn.com forward slash ceo cost and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package once again that's expressvpn.com forward slash ceo cost and get protected today so click the link in the description to learn more a female wanted me to ask you a question right all right is there ever going to be a day i can see you're already prepared for this one is there ever um, going to be a day yeah where you have one woman settle down for the rest of your life and eventually you know have kids carry on the tape 
bloodline sort of thing, you know? Um, Cause it seems like, you know, you're surrounded by females all the time. So is there going to be a day where it's just one? Perhaps. Yeah. I, it's, it's not going to, I'm not pro or against that. I live life by a very, I live life very logically, very objectively. If there's a if there's an advantage to only having one female, which I'm sure there are some, I can name them already. Then yeah, that's the decision I'll make. If I think there's if I think there's an advantage to having more than one, then that's the decision I'm going to make. Some people really need a female in their life because they need that kind of stability and direction and motivation. I'm not that guy. I do not need a woman to tell me to go work. I do not need her to tell me to put the video games down. I do not need to be cooked for and mothered. Like, it's nice if she does, but I'll survive. Mm. I did all this myself. I'll be okay. Like, the menial tasks you complete, I can hire somebody to do. It's not a big deal. Um, I, I, I absolutely believe in love. I believe in family. I believe having kids is an amazing thing. But does that mean I'm ever going to live the completely traditional, I'm at home, wife says come home? That's never going to happen. That's not who I am as a man. If I have a woman who I love with all my heart and we have children, I'm still going to be out till whenever the fuck I'm out. I might be gone for two weeks. I'm out. See ya. See you in two weeks. And if, 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 if during those two weeks I meet a big booty cue, whatever. It is, it is what it is. Doesn't mean I don't love my woman at home. Doesn't mean I'm not going to come back to her. But I'm, I'm, just true to, I'm just true to my instinct as a man. I don't think I should apologize for it. I think a lot of people are socially conditioned to apologize for mm. things. That's not me. Society says I should do X. Well, society says I should do a bunch of dumb shit. But society, everything society tells me to do is wrong. So now society's going to sit here and say that I'm a bad person if I fall in love with a woman, we have a child, I take care of her financially, she's safe, the child's safe, I love them both, I spend time with them, and sometimes I'm away with my brother and there's a couple chicks around. Does that make me a horrible person? According to society, get fucked. Don't care. I do what I want. That's what I want to do at the time, that's what I'm going to do. My question to her at the back of this is, if you was to have a child, yeah, um, obviously, essentially, they'd be born into money as well, right? Correct. So what would you leave behind for your child? My kids are broke. They are brokies. Yeah? Yeah, because they, they ain't going to get the lessons any other way. It, you know what? It's actually different. So if I had a daughter, my number one concern wouldn't be spoiling her. Because I think spoiling a chick isn't even a bad thing, really. It, I don't think it affects their mentality nearly as much as a man. But the problem with spoiling a woman is, if she has too much access to money, a man's going to get hold of it. I, I've been around, bro. I know. If, if, let's, say I, let's say I had a daughter and she's 18 and she has access to a bunch of money. Her boyfriend, whoever the fuck he is, if he has any game, any game, <laughs> is going to be in the club on my money, driving her fast car with no insurance. PS5 you know, paid bro, for. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She'll be buying him nice presents and shit. So that one annoys me about the chick. So she can't have any money because I don't want some fucking side dude getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son ain't going to get any money because I don't want him losing his hunger. I want him to grow up broke. I want him to go through all the struggles I went through. I want him to suffer. I want him to have that fire. Now, I I had some major disadvantages due to the fact that I had absolutely zero access to money. My family was completely broke. So I will give him some advantages. Let's say like when I was a fighter and I was fighting and I couldn't pay the rent. If my son, when he wins his fight, I'll give him a financial bonus myself for winning. Okay. But he still has to go win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? My kids are not going to be born into any kind of wealthy environment, in, in, in any kind of money. When I have children, I probably won't even raise them in a Western country because I think Western countries are soft. Bro, if I have boys, I want them growing up in deep Russia. In the, in the, Hardcore with, ones. Yeah, with like in the mountains with the goats. Like just running in the snow barefoot. Could be boys. Yeah, I want monsters. <laughs> That's what I want. I don't, I don't see the point in having to send them to some private school to sit around with a bunch of fucking toffs. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that. I think the best education in the world comes from the streets and comes from hardship. I don't think a private school can teach my kids anything that I can't teach them or that they actually need to know. You know, so when I have children, their lives will be very, very hard. 
And I also think that a father's job, this kind of ties back into what I was saying earlier when you are saying about having one woman and a family, etc. I think a father's job is to be a role model, not a second mother. A lot of fathers think that they're a good father because they're home every day. I'm not saying don't spend time with your kids, but I think you're also a good father if you live a life of exceptional exceptionality and that you, you lay a blueprint for your children to want to follow. My sons are going to grow up and see me and how I live and want to be like me. That means they're going to have to need certain attributes, right? If I'm home every day changing diapers, it's not happening. It's not the same. Yeah. You know, like my dad was barely around, but he was a superhero to me. And I wanted to be like the superhero. So it's not so much about with a female, with a mother, it's about the quantity of time. With a father, I really think it's about the quality of time. The mother does the diapers, the food, the basic tenets of, of life, right? But the true exceptionalism is going to come from the father. And to do that, you need to be a role model. And if that means you have to be out conquering the world, you've got to be out conquering the world. That's how it goes. That's it. Cool, Tate. So my last question for you, yeah, and I think everyone kind of wants to know this as well, yeah? The man that we see on social media, the man that we see right now, yeah? Yeah. Is this all just an act? It's a like, good question. Is this exaggerated? Who, who is the real Andrew Tate? No, this is the real me. I have a showbiz version. Like, I don't walk around my house with my chick talking about the Matrix is out to enslave us, right? Yeah. She knows it. I've said it a few times. She already knows the story. So when it's just me and her, I don't have to sit her down and say, listen, bitch, you went to school. You're a dumbass. I don't have to do that, right? There's a time and a place. Yeah. But it's all, it's all very real. These are the things I say. These are the things I believe. These are the things I talk about in my private networks. I just don't talk about them here to public. I don't talk about them nearly as deep or as advanced. Amongst my private networks, I like to talk about them at a much more intricate level because to the normies, to the brokies, they're not ready to listen to it. Yeah. The Matrix, they say in the movie, people who are still dependent on the system will fight to defend the system. There are people who I will sit there and say to them, look, your university degree is a scam. They lied to you. I will show you how to make money. And their reply will be, no, I went to a good university. They are desperate. No, that degree means something. You work in Greg's, G. doesn't mean any, shut up. They don't, they won't accept it, right? So certain people are not ready for the truth. People who are ready for the truth seek it and they find it. And those are the people I talk to inside of the War Room and Hustlers University. I talk to them at a much deeper level. But yeah, this is all very, very real. I have a showbiz version of myself because, uh, in the world we live in today, you need to be able to get information across compendiously and precisely. No one has an attention span. So I'm very good at talking quickly and talking quickly without mistakes and getting my points across and using analogies. I'm very good with analogies. This is all, I wouldn't say it's rehearsed, but it's very conscious because I have a lot to say, right? I can't sit here and go, um, um uh, and uh, money, because no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Right. So it, people will probably look at me and think it's fake. It's not fake. It's just a matter of me understanding how things need to be done. And as a professional, I do things as a professional. I'm on a podcast, so I'm going to be professional. I'm going to get as much information across as possible. And my mind works quicker in my mouth. I'm lucky. I'm smart. So that's how it goes. Tate, I want to appreciate you very much for your time. Thank uh, you. There's always that fear when you have a podcast like this that, you know, the guests are going to back out last minute. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I want to really appreciate the fact that you're here and Thank that you've given plenty of time. And before we end up, I've got I can't let you go empty-handed. So I've got a few things. Obviously, Sunomas, it's Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas come early. Sunomas has sponsored this video, so we've kindly got the main man. You want to give it or you must? Have, yeah, we kindly got the main man to give you some perfumes. Amazing. So on this side, because you know what, I wasn't getting any girls in my life. <laughs> I was thinking, what's going on? Maybe I don't smell good. Yeah. Maybe I don't smell good enough. And so also, this one's on. Uh, behalf of us i know you you're interested in islam yep um so you don't have to accept this but this is a choice i will accept it english friend. translation of the quran so if you want to amazing seek more knowledge thank you very much bro i appreciate that very very much i'm always out for knowledge my friend thank you very very and much the last I appreciate one, that. um this is a little story actually 
someone gifted me these cigars and, and I don't usually smoke cigars, right? Okay. So um, I was like, yeah, cool, you know, I'll smoke it on a special occasion. So yeah. I think it's only right that we probably end this podcast with a cigar. Let's do it, bro. Yeah, you got one? You want one? Uh, I, uh, yeah, if you have one. Yeah. I'll take it. Thank you. You have a lighter? No, I don't. Is it, you got a lighter? <laughs> My lighter's in the car. That's what we need. <laughs> My lighter's in the car. We need a lighter if we have one. Let me try this smell. Yeah? Because I'm going to... Thank you. I, I, tell you, I need you to do me a favor. Sure. Wear it and say only top G wear this. All right. <laughs> I got you. I'll make something happen. I'll get the shear on. I'll put the ding and I'll spray it. No, I got it. I got it. Don't all right. Me and Tate are going to smoke the cigars now. So I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Listen, we need 20,000 likes and share this to people that you, you know, you want to share it with. Because I reckon this podcast might get taken down soon. So we need everyone to see this podcast. Tate, appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. And I'll just do a, a little final bit. Before I put this on and take all the bitches, put them on the jet. Um, yeah, like truthfully, I, I just want to, the, the last thing I'm going to say and the reason I do these podcasts is I actually think the world is quite a bleak place Yeah. It, for men nowadays. I think that the, the societal path they've laid out for most men is a sad one. I think that all men like the idea of conquest and like the idea of being high status and being rich. And they're telling you that you shouldn't be those things and you shouldn't do those things. You should just go to school get a wife, sit at home, happy wife, happy life, and it's depressing and it's unhappy. And I promise everyone that there is a degree of happiness, but as a man, that happiness comes from freedom. And freedom does require money at some level. And you're going to have to get out there and get paid if you want to be free as an individual. And once you're free, you're going to be happy. So yeah. if, you, if you resonate with any of the things I said, please don't DM me on Instagram. I get 5,000 DMs an hour. I can't read them. Like, I'm trying to find the pussy. Bro, I go in there. I go in the message requests. I'm scroll, 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 chick. Okay, accept. Delete. I don't have time to read all that (laughs) shit, right? But if you're going to join Hustlers University, you can begin to make some money. And if you're actually serious about brotherhood, about working with people, about networking, about understanding how the world really works, if you already have a little bit of money or you're starting to make money and you want to find a way to attribute that towards your freedom, then that's what the war room's all about. And we'll see you inside of there. So I'm very accessible as a person. You can find your way to me inside of the networks, but... Don't DM my Insta because I'm not going to be able to see it. That's how it works. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Tate, once again, thank you very, very, very much. You. Sweet. We need some clapping. Come on, people. Come on, what's that about? Okay, that's it. <laughs> Lovely. Good one. Awesome, bro. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>